the whole racism, anti-droidism, you know, she is the Rosa Parks of her people as she starts, <laughs> you know, sit-ins and, and, and rebellions and like More like sabotages. John Brown, just straight to violence, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Save the rebellion! Yeah. Save the dream! So as always, thank you for joining me. Enjoy the podcast. Kick back and relax. The force is strong and is with us always. And never forget. We have hope. Rebellions are built on hope. We have no idea we're coming. Take hold of this moment. The force is strong. Make ten men feel like a hundred. Take the next chance. And the next. You're rebels, aren't you? Save the rebellion! Save the dream! The Bizzle! Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, welcome to the inevitable but still glorious post-Solo A Star Wars Story review, analysis, wrap-up, breakdown, deconstruction, etc. With my boy, Simi Klimo. Spoiler alert, we both really like the movie. We're going to get into why. Uh, Simi, before I intro you into the main part of the podcast, welcome, and it's great to have you on so close to release. Thanks for having me. I'm happy we got to do this uh, after a long, relaxing weekend, and I am all soloed up. I am pumped and ready to go. This is awesome. So I want to get a couple things out of the way early because these are two things that Timmy and I do want to talk about, but we mostly want to talk about the movie. Um, and both of these things could change potentially. And I warned Simi about this. So I will tease in the final third or so, we're going to talk about A, the relatively weak opening weekend of Solo um, compared to not original projections, but more recent projections. I have many theories why. And B, the people who did see this, I haven't seen a social media, a positive social media reaction like this ever for a Star Wars movie. I think those two things are related. I think Simi knows where I'm going with those things. However, we want to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. So, Simi Klimo, your favorite character. You were afraid to dream. You, you were you were afraid to to go the distance with this one, but you did it, and I think you liked it. So, drop it on the Bizzlecast. Yeah, dude, I, I actually really liked it a lot, but in a definitely different way than I. You know, love Rogue One. I, you know, first of all, it's nonstop. They get you going from the start and they slow it down a little bit to throw some content in, but it, it, it's really going the whole time. Oh, it's yeah. one of those movies that I felt like um, there was about an hour, I think I was like an hour 45 in, realizing that I was obviously coming to the last half hour. Yep. And and I, I was I was baffled. I was about to order another drink. And shout out to Alamo Drafthouse. If you haven't experienced this in your neck of the room or neck of the woods, sorry, they are phenomenal. What they have done in Brooklyn and what they, I imagine, do nationwide is incredible. First of all, when I got to the theater, they were playing little clips from little Han Solo clips from all different movies, and then 
they show instead of a commercial, they show the commercials of the toys being sold in the eighties mm. of all the different toys, like the actual commercials from then. It was incredible. So yeah. you're sitting there, and for those of you who don't know, Alamo Draft House is a beer. Uh, uh, they they have many drinks on draft. They serve you food, and I felt it didn't ruin the experience. And what they, I got a little solo. A collectible cup they had a bunch of drinks that were you know special for the night and the respect they paid to uh this this evening made it really even more special than normal but back to the movie um i know you're you're, you're cock teasing me here blue balls come on <laughs> hey man as soon as you get out here we're, we're um that's where we're going oh baby. Not, i mean if you want to come next week yeah we can go next week like well, as i would as like to, to come i'd like to uh kick an expansion branch for them called alamo smokehouse <laughs> <laughs> yeah right that's 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 the next dream maybe they'll open those in boston i think that's where uh yeah okay all right so you got the coast. food you got the drinks you got the nostalgia you got the build-up by the way and wait hold on real quick for those sorry. people who listened to our last podcast a few days ago i told Simi i wasn't going to text him and the reason i wasn't going to text him was because i knew i was going to really like it that of course was the case but i did end up texting you saying i loved it but that was all i said and I think we were both going into it kind of giggling. Some of our predictions didn't really come true, and we can get into that soon, um, which which I actually somewhat liked for the better. But overall, as a movie, like when you go into a summer blockbuster, your uh, your Armageddon's, you know, your Transformers, we were just talking about. There's a certain amount of like, you know, uh, smack talk, sharp guns, like fighting, all those things that. You know, you want to get out of the heat, you want to get into the air conditioning, and you want to be really entertained. And, you know, it really was nonstop, going all the time with all different things. All the characters, I thought, they did a really good job. It was really focused. They didn't have a ton of things going on. There was just, like, a few main characters, and uh, they really dug into them with their all the relationships between, um, you know, this five, six main character cast and and i thought what as they dug into it i wanted more from some of the characters that left at certain points spoiler alert by left i mean died um and you know and then another yeah, sorry let's put spoiler did a good job spoiler warning guys going forward yeah i think that's fair because yeah. we're going to talk about yeah, yeah. a bunch of things like starting off we can start off my my like i would have wanted to see more val like mm-hmm. that would have been uh okay let's really rewind cool. let's rewind let's rewind let's rewind let's <laughs> rewind let's but, uh, rewind that's my only criticism yeah so so rather than slowly expand blow up and expand the balloon let's start with the balloon fully expanded and then we'll deflate it slowly but not sure. deflate in like the negative sense you know what i mean um, un- 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 unpackage unwrap yeah. Like decrease the surface area, essentially. So, there we go. Okay, that's why you're here. That's why you're here. Otherwise, point I'd just be on number dance. one for everyone I know who liked this movie and Simi, with one exception, everyone on my social media network who's a Star Wars nut liked to loved this movie. There is agreement, and I'm not saying you need to agree. There is agreement that Alden Ehrenreich was better than we possibly could have expected, even if he wasn't full on Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Thoughts? I, I, I definitely agree with that. I was waiting to be like we, we talk about expectations a lot. So that was one of the expectations. Like I was waiting for awkward line delivery. I was waiting 
you know, out of place character kind of flaws. I was waiting for inconsistencies. I was almost nervous with him. Yeah, I was almost. Yeah, I was almost nervous like for him and with him, and because the first twenty minutes are very different than the rest. When he finally goes full on Hansel, you could just take a breath almost, right? Absolutely, and and I thought all these tremendous actors that he. I mean, look at the actors he's acting next to, like. It, I think that's why he's not he's not the best actor in the room, and that is no secret. But he's delivering the lot like he's playing the role. He's taking it from them. He's giving it to them. And they're they're all got this synergy that I believe. You know, I believe those relationships. I believe this mm-hmm. is what happened. And even in the first relationship with him and Kira, like uh, as they as he loses her and then gets her back really quick. Again, spoiler alert. Uh, you know, it, it, that that one scene, it's mm-hmm. like, how how could they make you believe that this poor actor mm-hmm. loved somebody? And they do. Mm-hmm. You know, you believe that relationship okay. right off the bat. Okay. And I think that was really I, I think they did a really good job in okay. character building in a short time. And uh, and in the end, you know, making you love and hate certain people. OK, I have a proposal for you. Yes. Uh, which starts with an observation. Notice how, like Rogue One, one of the things we love about Rogue One, how there's an A storyline and that's it, basically. How we were following the same story this whole time, which was fucking phenomenal. Not, yeah, 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 they're not bouncing around too much, you know, if at all, no. actually. There isn't even, like, you know, you don't even see, like, a, a little bit of, like, Voss, like, interacting with, uh, you know, his cronies or whatever, you know? Like, there isn't even that, like scene where they cut away and you get to see them making is their there plans. one do they ever i don't think there is one actually oh, i'm trying to think of it i mean with the rogue one it was so epic we needed director krennic and let's be honest director krennic is awesome so with vader so it's great to have those scenes but for the most part doing all a storyline on this was brilliant so here's my proposal i've seen it twice read a lot about it been listening to the music you saw it once why don't we do like a, a rough jaunt from beginning to end of the major plot points? And along the way, we can talk about those plot points. We can talk about the characters. We can talk about what worked, what didn't work, and so forth. I, I wouldn't normally propose this for something like The Last Jedi, but for this movie, I think we could pull that off if you're down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we could. I think we can shift through that yeah. as long. Yeah, let's guide. Yeah, guide the way. And it's not just gonna be me. A little bit. Like I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll unwind the first bit of string, and then you'll take it, and you'll unwind the next bit of string, and, and we'll just we'll do it like you know what we'll do it like we're doing one of our commentaries, but you know just via memory. So sorry guys if we remember things wrong and get some names wrong ahead of time. I'm sure you can understand. So okay. So we knew we were going to see him in Corellia, somewhat younger, with, with Kira. We knew that somehow he was going to get pressed into or, or somehow go into Imperial service. I thought the early parts of the movie carried on for quite a while with him and Kira. But I, on the other hand, I'm not sure that, like what I would have cut necessarily. What did you think of the very, very grimy, Blade Runner-y uh, opening bit on Corellia, all their adventures and misadventures and the creepy worm lady and getting separated? And did you buy their relate? Like, what did you, what, the entire first sort of act or, or you know, o- opening act, what did you think of it? Well, as I was saying before, I thought the whole thing was pretty fast, which was pretty cool. Like it all happened really quickly, like one kind of action-y scene to another. And I thought, uh, I thought they did some pretty good scenes with their monster. It was a little reminiscent of, of Jabba the Hutt scenes, like where you walk in and the beast is there and the beast is in charge and everybody kind of fears this beast boss that they have. So I thought, 
I thought they really created an aura about what the lifestyle of survival that, you know, that Han and, and Kira have been living, you know, and they, they're, you know, they've caught you up to them being, you know, I imagine late teens, early twenties, if you will, um, at, at, at that point. And so you could only imagine what's brought them to that point from all the different cues that they're giving in the lifestyle that they live and, and who they serve and, and what kind of things they have to go through to, 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 to try and make their life work. So you immediately have sympathy for them. You immediately want them to get them out of there. And like, you, you, you know, you start cheering for Han, like who doesn't? So I really enjoyed the beginning. Um, and I, I thought it was like an hour in before, you know, they really like let you settle down for a second. I, I don't know the exact timing, but yeah, that was, that, that was pretty cool. I have to say, Simi, um, <clears throat> cause I want to bring up lady, whatever her name is, the giant worm lady. We've been calling for more aliens. Boy, did we get aliens in this movie. Yeah, and they did a good job. They did. I thought they did a really good job. That one was a little puppeteering. And, but um, I liked it. I liked that it looked like a giant puppet. Yeah, yeah. No, it was scary. And, and like I said, a little, uh, I felt it was like a tribute to, to Jabba the Hutt. You know? Do you think that particular scene was a little prequely in the sense of... If you split between like what's world building and what's like actual plot, it was sort of heavy on the world building. It maybe not necessary for the plot. Not that I didn't like it, but yeah, it was and it was heavy. I think I think the overall theme it was heavy on like what it was like living in the Empire's grasp a little bit more than some of the other stories have done. Like the actual lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, that that the people were living and that. That's somewhat that they get into that in Rogue One, um, but you know you really only see Luke's story, you know, on Tatooine, and like it's like not a lot of people, and he's a farm boy, and like you know it doesn't really get into the people, you know, and that that's what this 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 side of it things were. This is the smugglers. This is the you know the the common folk trying to like make right. their ends meet and and survive and mm-hmm. feed their families, you know. Yep. Yeah, I guess all I would say is, even though I bitch and complain about the added uh, job of the hut scene, and in who, or I should say, you know, the originally planned job of the hut scene, which never happened in New Hope, and then Lucas put in later with shoddy CGI. At least that was setting up like a three movie arc having to do with Jabba, whereas this felt like a teasing of a character. I know it was supposed to generally inform us about the scum and villainy and all the different, you know, clans and, and Jade, Crimson Empire, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I get that. But even, like, I could almost tell at the time that it was it was just there for world building reasons, and I love that. I always say I'd rather my Star Wars movies be a bit long than too short. I wish Rogue One was ten twenty minutes longer, you know. So I was totally mm-hmm. down for it. But my pitch would be this: What if they did what they did with the flashbacks in Rogue One, but just more and longer? So we start with like a ten minute bit of that initial twenty minutes or so. And then we revisit it two, three, four times throughout the movie, different little clips, maybe not even in order, of him remembering back to Kira. I'm wondering if that would have been a little bit more getting people into the action, but also provided a sort of, you know... I mean, he keeps talking about, oh, I've, I've been thinking of you for three years. That's all I can think about, blah, blah, blah. That, that would have been maybe a little bit more like show, don't tell, of like he's really having flashbacks constantly that time. Maybe that wouldn't have worked. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing you say that, and excuse my sound for a second, I'm just going to loosen up my headphones if uh, that bothered anything. But 
um, you know, that kind of made me go back to it again. I can't wait to see this again and again. I really want to dig into it. But I mean, is there any sort of any kind of thing that really clips away from the now in the movie? No, no. It's I'm saying it's an A storyline the it's, entire there's time. Nothing, yeah. The entire time. There really isn't anything. Nothing. It's nothing. So so I, I think that, you know, having it's almost like a play. You know, they just keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, they, no, there's no it's hard to do a flashback in a play. You know what I mean? Like so a lot of times plays are just, you know, they're ongoing. They're two hours of that moment or maybe they'll fast forward. But to go back is sometimes hard to do. But and that's what they did. So yep. I like it, and I'm glad they did it that way. And I maybe it would have taken, maybe it would have felt a little sappy, a little too sappy. But uh, you know, no, you're I like right. what they you're did. Right. You're right. You know, maybe these daydreams of of being with her in bed, you know, would be an easy one to do as they like. No, but you're right in the he, sense of you're right in the sense of. I'm praising the straight, straight a storyline, hundred percent the whole way, and then I want to break it up, and that kind of takes away <laughs> right. from it. So yeah, it, they would have had to structure the whole thing a little bit differently, and I wouldn't have wanted them to. I, I'm just throwing that out there as an idea because it yeah, works looking- so well with Jin, right? It, are those little flashbacks of you know as a kid with her and Krennic and her dad and everything? But this well, is well, the for much me different. that's Saw. That's yeah. me wanting to see more yep. of them hanging out, which is why so we have Rebel Rising. Yeah, right. So I mean, maybe that was on purpose that it was like more of a tease for Rebel Rising to just get your mind thinking there. And maybe like, you know, Solo got his solo movie and that's and that's that. We're not going to yeah. we're not going to do a Kira all right, all right. or so like a, a, a Lando. So I'll stop my stupid uh, film theory hypotheticals. Shut up, Bizzle. Um, <laughs> the look so of three Corellia, years later. Well, hold oh, on, sorry. No. The look of Corellia, Corellia was awesome. If anything, they didn't stress that Corellia was the top shipyard in the Empire, which is why they were building that Star Destroyer at the very beginning. And the fact, I mean, did, did they expect the audience? And here, this is the beginning of the topic here, which is the reason why this movie isn't doing as well, but is doing great among fans, is it's so much fan service. There were a hundred times more references in this movie than even I got. But the fact that they never connected the YT-1300, a.k.a. Millennium Falcon, they do call it a Corellian YT-1300. The average viewer probably had no idea that the Millennium Falcon and many of the best ships in the galaxy were built on Corellia. Um, yeah. Right, and, and that's why he wants to be a pilot too. Like he's influenced by that lifestyle, and yep. he wants to work on ships. And he's and 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 as in anything else, you become a driver and then you become a pilot. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's not the other way around. So he he kind of he gives you the sense that he mastered being a driver, and uh, you know that he mastered being a scoundrel, and yep. uh, and then he spent enough time being a pilot to figure it out. He is learning on the job at certain levels because, like, I don't think he's ever flown to hyperspace at that point, and mm-hmm. I think he just like flown mm-hmm. speeders and flown mm-hmm. piloting certain things. But I don't think he really ever, mm-hmm. you know, left planet until he was he mm-hmm. was doing that, you know, okay. or until like he, whatever he did with the Empire, you know, the three years he spent with the Empire, or so. So before he became like a uh, before he was like bailing with the uh, with Woody. Anyways, well that's where we are. No, so that's we where we're headed. On. Really quickly, Look, really quick. Right. One of the most brilliant transitions ever is okay. Let me just get out of the way. The like two things I didn't like about there's a couple on the nose of like oh you don't have family your last name is Solo or oh Chewbacca I'm not going to say that you need a nickname it was handled well it was unnecessary whatever those are literally my only complaints that's it people now 
one of the greatest and most hilarious, I don't know if people realize this was meant for last because it was so dark before and after, when he says, I'm joining the Imperial Navy, I'm going to be the best pilot ever, you expect it to jump to him in like a TIE fighter getting flight trained. He's like, nope, he's already gotten kicked out and he's a grunt on the ground three years later. It's great. Right, right. Awesome. Obviously. You know, but he wasn't wrong. He was still going to be the best fighter pilot in the galaxy. He were you? Couldn't go the way you weren't the way expecting that, that were though. Were you? Like that he immediately was like, had like we just assume he had three years of flight training, and then they kicked him out. <laughs> no, I actually at that point thought uh, they weren't even going to put you in a pilot seat for till after. Yep. You know, till four years of 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 being like of working your way up from grunt to like grunt leader. And then, and then they'd let you be a pilot if you were interested in that, you know, because mm. at some level, a pilot is a commander. So, you know, do you give someone that ranking when like, just because they went to flight school? I think, you, I think they make, I don't know enough well, about it. Like in the, in the American and Israeli yeah. armies, yes, you're very high rank, you know, but the, the, the cannon fodder that are TIE fighter pilots, I don't know if they're commanders. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, one has to wonder whether he was half rebelling in the Imperial Academy because he's Han Solo and half rebelling because he realized his chances of surviving as a TIE fighter pilot were so low. The best way was to get kicked out. So they throw him on the front lines. And how cool is it, by the way, that in the sort of mid years of the Empire, they have soldiers that aren't stormtroopers. They're just straight up grunts. Yeah, that again, that was kind of cool, like in terms of the people, like because they were still just people at that point, like they weren't as organized as they become and they weren't, you know, as brainwashed as they become and they weren't mm. as, uh, you know, it hadn't reached that level of of like occupation, if you will, of the galaxy as they occupied the entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. So did, did I think the biggest flaw of the movie for an average watcher is some of the transitions, especially early on, are hard to figure out. Like, like we knew that Woody and his company were a bunch of thieves, but he was being treated like a captain. What did you make of that whole bit? What a... One of the things I liked and disliked about the movie uh, was the speed of it. I felt like certain times they should have slowed it down. Um... Mm-hmm. I felt like that transition was a little rough. Mm-hmm. Like Han figures out, you know, that, that they're not, they're not who they say they are. Right. And he also figures out at that point, like, this is not where I want to be. And then he kind of realizes right. there's another, you know, this could be a way out. So that he might've been thinking like, how am I going to get out of this for like a year or so? You know what I mean? And then waiting for the right opportunity to jump you know, to, to desert basically. Cause yeah. to be a deserter, they'll kill you if they find you. So, yep. um, it was a cool, that, that, that it, I do yeah. know. So that was kind of like a fun, like they, and then they put him in, in trouble and he, uh, he got himself out of it in mm. flying colors. It was a cool twist though, that he could just sort of smell that they were outlaws. And then he put it together when he saw what he was obviously wearing a dead guy's, you know, uniform or whatever. Uh, um, right, that right. was, that was a cool twist. And also just the, I think it was important to establish his instincts, as dumb as he can be at times, it was important to establish early on that his instincts were right and that as sketchy as these guys were, and as much as they claimed to hate him, they were his best chance off that horrible planet. I'm not even sure, do you know what planet, I don't even know what planet that was. I don't. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't even matter, that's sort of the point, right? Is the Empire just taking over every shithole in the galaxy no matter what? Mimban. 
Okay. Okay. So he hooks up with the crew. On planet Mimban. They keep, M-I-M-B-A-N. They keep telling him to get lost. He tries one more time. Woody turns him over to the Imperials, throws him in a pit. And who's the beast in the pit? Goddamn Simi, I could not have come up with a better introduction and reveal of both the character of Chewbacca and Chewie and Han meeting each other. So what I loved about this was it was very, I felt like it was a pure homage to when they meet after uh, Han gets recaptured by Jabba after he's thawed when they're in that cave together in the the holding cells at at Jabba the Hutt's lair. Yep. Um, So I felt like it starts... You know, it starts there. Bubba Fett. Uh, Bubba Fett. Bubba where? Fett. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go ahead. That's such a shitty death for such a cool And character. he's getting his own movie now, which maybe we'll get into later. Go ahead. Anyway. Uh, That's a great he, comparison. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a great homage and a great scene. Um, and they're all in the shit together, like literally. And like that's kind of how I always mm-hmm. thought. That's why they love each other because, you know, they've been in the shit together. Mm-hmm. And like, like that's how you, you know, that's a good friend. You know, friendships are built on experience. And like when things aren't awesome, you know, like what happens? And like the better friends you have, in my opinion, are the ones who are, mm-hmm. you know, ready to be in it with you. And and, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, and, and Chewie was being starved and they were feeding him people. Okay. Yeah. That's another. Can I point something out? Super interesting. Can I point something At out? At one point, Chewie yeah. ate people yeah. okay <laughs> i just want to point out one thing to me yeah before six months ago with the last jedi and with the recent spate of the forces of destiny cartoon where leia has to convince the ewoks not to eat the captured stormtroopers right right we, we overlooked that part right so <laughs> we've gone from being like oh chewie's eating the porgs to chewie eats people and ewoks eat stormtroopers <laughs> Whoa, wait, wait, Ewok, they were, the Ewoks were going to eat Han, too. Remember? They originally were going to eat Han. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. But it was it was strongly implied. But in the Forces of Destiny episode, Leia is specifically saying, we don't eat our enemies kind of thing, which is hilarious. So, And they're like, really? Yeah. But we're like, we're kind of like gophers, so we do. <laughs> <laughs> they're just meat covered in white suits. Come on. Come on. Yeah. That's that's actually exactly how we survived. Our enemies are the ones who are trying to eat us, and so what we do is eat our enemies. So you yeah. I, you may have it wrong, sir. I mean, <laughs> if you look at it on the page, this is the classic way to make this happen of being put against each other and then deciding to work together based on convenience and then continuing to stay together based on convenience and building a bond over time. But the reason it works for me is, A, this was clearly a reference to the Rancor at the beginning of Return of the Jedi where Han, where Luke gets thrown into the Rancor pit and has to survive. And do you remember how sad the r- fat Rancor Keeper is when Luke t- kills the Rancor? He's like crying and wait, shit. Wait, 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 wait. I have to stop you right here. So one of those little ads at, at Alamo Draft House that I was watching, they said they, they have this thing and it goes, future spinoff movie. And they have the Rancor oh. uh, Tamer. And they have this whole bit that they like really did. And they're like, and they're like, pitch, uh, man, uh, broken man tames wild beast and then loses his favorite <laughs> wild beast. And it's honestly, I, I mean, I just don't know how I could have really captured how funny that was. Maybe you can Google people out there and I'm going to look at this afterwards, you know, Alamo draft house, Han Solo mm-hmm. clips. And it was, it's worth watching this, 
I mean, they must have had it in a 20-minute loop because I saw it mm-hmm. twice, I think. Mm-hmm. But it was like this 20-minute loop of like intro shit instead of like the garbage that they have on there normally was mm-hmm. so much fun. I mean, it was just so much fun. Can I do a quick Bizzle, Bizzle tangent here to last year? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so full disclosure, guys. I I used to eat everything. Now I have cut out pork and beef, basically mammals from my diet. I like to become a full vegetarian. It's really hard, so I still eat a lot of like chicken and turkey, and I'll eat fish. But I'm trying to get there. I don't begrudge anyone who wants to eat anything else. This is a personal decision. Also, I definitely don't begrudge traditional societies that need to hunt. And I mean, let's put it this way: if you are hunting, skinning, and eating your own food, God bless you. You're not. You're not the problem. Um, I thought the chewy porg thing, while cute for a laugh in The Last Jedi, is yet another part of that movie that makes me cringe a bit on repeat watchings. Because what else is he supposed to do? He's got to eat something. And this made me realize it even more with this movie. That That's the Disney, you know? I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's that's the Disney. So a Disney's promoting vegetarianism? Like, that's that's a new level even for them. No, they're just they're just having their moment of cuteness that they can pitch. You know, they want their like stuffed the animal. I love. Yeah, you bought yeah. two for your nieces or your nephews. Well, yeah, in right? the scenes where they're like pulling all the electronics apart and the Falcon and Chewie's flying with them is fantastic. I just thought they oversold that scene a little bit. The same way they didn't need the Rose Freeze the Fatiers. Now everything's great. Kind of. Oh God. Uh, let's get off Last Jedi. I'm I'm having more and more problems with that movie the more we talk about it. But, but it <laughs> I will was, tell you this though: I feel like I could. I don't have any kids, but I feel like my kid could have a pet rabbit, and that's not going to stop me from eating rabbit. But then right. again, right? But, but I guess what it comes, <laughs> the connection here is: Chewie was eating people because they were starving him for days, and there's literally right. nothing for him to eat, which is so right. sad. I mean, forced can like it's not cannibalism, but like whatever the next level of cannibalism is and being forced into it is so sad and pathetic. No, I think it is. I don't think that's wrong because um, yeah. the word human, because you have other uh, uh, humane. Uh, species out there that are have the capacity of that of humans. So yes, if we have sentient I, beings I, 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 eating other sentient beings, yes, I agree. Right, with you. that's yeah. that's the same. I think but, that's the same but, thing as cannibalism. Here it and is, that's man. Why Leia yeah. had to, he had to yeah. teach that mm-hmm. to to the Ewoks because they're. I mean, I'm not shitting on Ewoks, but they're definitely. Wookie's stupid little brother, mm-hmm. like in terms of their intelligence. So, so yeah. at some level, they're barely mm-hmm. of competent species to be at the dinner table, if you will. Okay, so the Chewie Han meeting scene for me, Simmy, is two main reasons for me why the movie flipped from being really entertaining to me being like, okay, I think I might really, really like this movie. Two reasons, okay? Mm-hmm. One, Han really has to use his brain. And speak Wookiee. The fact that Alden Ehrenreich is the first and only person in the history of Star Wars to not only speak Wookiee, but convincingly (laughs) speak it with it to be both funny, but not laughable, if that makes sense. I couldn't believe like, what were you thinking when you heard Alden Ehrenreich start speaking Wookiee? I was like, this guy could do anything. I, I mean, I thought it was the right way to calm somebody down is to be like, I know you chill out you and know if and anyone thought, well remember our question was how does han learn how to speak wookie we still don't know but this was a w- way cooler way of introducing it that he would be the one guy in all of the star wars movies who would actually speak to chewbacca and wookie was awesome 
that's also another thing. This movie, we we I, I thought we were like some prophets. I can't even believe you haven't brought this up before. Oh, the but back we, the, that, the back padding is coming soon. Don't worry. Oh, okay, good. No, go ahead, uh, but go we ahead. really we really got into this whole. Uh, you know, people are basically racist against uh, uh, droids, yep. and then there is this whole racist. Okay, let's save thing, that. We'll, we'll talk. Yes. We'll save that. Yes, but 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 I think that was the other point. Um, yeah, one of the things we were wrong about was that we thought he'd be a little bit more of a dick, and he's not. He has a big heart from the start. Nope. And and he the reason why he speaks Wookie is because he cares about other humans. Like he's yeah. You know, there's a great scene when he's like, "Like I'm, oh, I'm the, I'm the bad guy," and like he's grinning about it and like saying it with like such uh, machismo. But like, you know, like, and she's like, "You have a good heart." I- I'm paraphrasing, but like that's yeah. Okay, we're gonna get to the that. whole time. We're gonna get to why, that because we that's were why right. Wookies didn't eat him. Yeah, the, the Wookie didn't eat him because yeah. he knew he had a good heart because yeah. he took time <clears throat> to speak a language yep. that no one else fucking speaks. Mm-hmm. We were right about the Han transition into New Hope, but for not all the right reasons, which I want to get into later. And Correct. What, what happened, what it was way cooler, which I was agree. that Han in New Hope, I'll tease, is actually not the real Han. We see the real Han in this movie, and then we see him in Empire and Return of the Jedi. This actually makes more sense. And I've, He's I've, still fronting. He's yeah. still fronting like he's a pirate. And he's in trouble. You see that he actually gets into trouble and is a little. Yep. He's still a survivor. So when and he's yes. running, yes. even when he's running from uh, in in uh, Force uh, Force Awakens, mm-hmm. which is also very that, Tasu that Leech, whole thing, Good to see you. Good Wrong to again, see Solo. You. Oh man, that that scene it. is actually is one of the best. Probably the best scene in that whole movie. I'm uh, Solo. Those- you're a dead man. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right all right, right. Yeah, so okay i said there were two reasons why that scene was transcendent and one was him speaking wookie and so forth right the other is they could to have think ri- about the pipe the, yeah, the, right. you're saying the cleverness okay they could have written it where it was pure convenience them getting out together and over time it went from convenience to of liking each other but han immediately likes him when they escape that pit and when he says to Chewie, let's just get off this planet and you can do whatever you want, I think Han has already decided that he likes this guy. And he's already calling him buddy and pal on that very first mission. And, dude, let's be honest. Like, some people just have that sense, even if they're dummies in other area. I think you and I are probably like this, where we're not always good with people that we don't like, but we get a good sense of certain types of people. You know what I mean? And you just feel comfortable oh, I play, with them. I, I play, um, I play not stupid in my line of work, but I, I play, I placate to you. If if you're, you know, I I I, I work with people of all different. Uh, ethnicities, all different backgrounds, and I communicate with them based on where they're coming from. Like, I'm not going to start talking about what I did in college, mm-hmm. and you know, this and that with somebody who doesn't. Okay, travel, wait, I gotta stop you. you know? I gotta stop you. I gotta. I gotta pull Bizzle here. Yeah, Simi Klimo. Yes, we met at Camp Tell Yehuda, Berryville, New York. Yes, I had, uh, I had approximately twenty years ago. Yeah. I had heard Fair. tons about you. We had been to Maz Kirut things. Sorry, people, we're going to use some terminology here. We had been to some things, conferences. I never really gotten to meet you. 
I got to admit. We were acquaintances. We were acquaintances. We were acquaintances. You seem like a fine guy. Jessica kept preaching, uh, singing your praises. And I'm not going to lie, guys. Simi is a large, muscular, good-looking guy. Like, (laughs) you might think he was a beefcake if you didn't know him better. And then I learned you were going to be my boss, quote-unquote, in the kitchen. And honestly, it took about two minutes for me to start liking you. That was it. Two minutes. I was like, this is my guy. And even though we lost touch over the years, like, that was apparent, right? We were buddies in the kitchen, and there were some crazy motherfuckers that we were both working under. And, <laughs> and but you know what I mean? Like, even despite yeah. my misguided preconceptions of what you might or might not be, as soon as we actually had to work together, I was like, I like, this is my guy. This is my guy. And that, I, I, I mean, yeah. that comes from knowing a bunch of people. So there's like all these different perceptions you have of somebody. And then you sit down with them and, the, and for like two seconds, you're like, I get it. You know? So um, I think, I think that's, a, that's but I a think really to finish my point of relationship. Just to finish my Go point that, that Han was rationally or irrationally came to the conclusion that Chewie was his guy before most people would. He just had that instinct. And I'm going to give Alden Ehrenreich his first major point. He sold completely what I've been describing through performance, 100%. So I'm watching this new show, Barry, on HBO, which I'm going to give really good props to right now, Bill Hader's on it. And he wrote it, he directed it, and he's uh, the main character. And he's a hitman who who goes to acting school. My point is, I've been watching a lot of things about acting classes. No, they no, talk who, a lot about. No, I'm sorry, who's Bill the Hader? star? Oh, Bill Hader. Bill, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Yeah. Uh, from Sorry, uh, Sorry Live yes. originally. Hilarious. And, um, he's really an incredible actor. He's an incredible Hilarious. writer, and this and he has this new show on HBO called Barry. And Barry is a hitman, and Barry goes to acting class, and it's and how that works out. Is kind of funny and it's dark humor, but it, there's a lot of good action in it. Mm. There's a lot of great characters and a lot. Mm. Anyways, my point is, I've been watching. I did a little acting in high school. I know a little bit about acting. I did four years of acting in high school, but I don't know a ton about acting. But watching Barry lately, it brought me back to some of those workshops and what you're doing when you're up there and actually talking about it. Yeah. And Barry's there's these scenes that Barry's in and he's always working with this main character and Barry's lines are very insignificant but Barry uh the Fonz plays the uh Henry Henry Winkler is the uh, acting coach by the way Alden Ehrenreich 100% Jew from LA go ahead oh I love that yeah and so you know sorry guys uh, it's like the Jewish mafia with me and Sammy (laughs) they give it this give they talk a lot about that give and take and that give and Mm -hmm. take and the point is you don't have to necessarily be the best actor in the room to make everybody in the room look like the best actor because you take the best actor in the room and you feed them and you feed them and you feed them. And when they feed you, you take it and you give it back. And you, and, and that's what he was doing. Like mm-hmm. he's working with like, first of all, the miming or whatever the acting that Chewie is doing is incredible. That actor is incredible. How they're able to portray. Uh, he emotions. played basketball at Penn state, by the way. He's incredible. He's incredible. And I think he had to be more athletic in this one than ever before because there are some real live action scenes. And I but thought he that moved was a like Chewie. Move. He moved just like Chewie. So, yeah, he moves like a center. He's kind of wobbling the wobble run, if you will, you know, kind of huskying up and down the court, if you will. So. So, yeah, there, that's what that's what Alden did. He, 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 he fed the great actors and the great give and take when they needed to be fed. And when they gave it back to him, he, he took it and gave it back to him. And he, he, he wasn't awkward. And he, he wasn't, 
you know, say sounding stupid when he said these lines. He was great. He was really great. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Alden got better as the movie went along, but that was just because the material got better as the movie went along. And once he had reason to start his sort of irrational, you know, level of optimism about everything, it just got better. It Okay, so I want to keep moving here because I want to talk about him hooking up with Woody's crew, that very touching and great action scene. By the way, Simi, I was wrong about one big thing in this movie. The special effects were spectacular. I don't know why people were saying they were. I kept looking for flaws. I saw 2D IMAX. It looked as good or better better than anything in Rogue One or Last Jedi. I, I saw 2D as well, and I mean, that might be their problem. They're watching it in 3D, and sometimes they... Do critics their- watch in 3D, like legit critics? Um, I don't know. Hmm. I, I, I'm not sure. I wouldn't if I was them. Like, maybe they feel like that's what everybody's seeing, hmm. and that's, like, the best way to see it, yeah. because that's what's being advertised. So, but I would... Yeah. I, 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 maybe it's just because of who I... Like, how I grew up watching movies. Right. Like, maybe the next time I will go see it 3D, but... Um, I'd rather, uh, you know, see it without the 3d at some yeah. level. And maybe that's also cause I have glasses and I don't get the best sure. feeling from it. Like so, maybe if I had contacts, it'd be better, but that's just me. I get a little nauseous. So I want to get into the first big job because, you know, as we talk about, they keep killing way more people in the new movies than in the first six movies combined. Um, in terms of main characters, and I, I am thrilled with all that. I mean, if it's done well, and I thought it con- continues to be done well. well. We'll talk about those decisions. But I have to say, man, I, do, I don't know who wrote what material and what was filmed when and blah, 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 blah. But I, I do definitely, definitely think that the movie, once he starts flying by the seat of his pants, no matter how rational it might be, meaning being more the Han Solo we love, the better it worked. And so I have to give him a really high mark on the Han Solo meter because the more the material was Han Solo-y, if that makes sense, the better he was, I thought, personally. Yeah, the more he was playing into his stereotype, the better the character he was. Yeah, and and, I mean, I think... You know, he always has been... Like, actually, you said it best. He's, He's not who he is until you see his heroics in... A new hope like he's not risking his life like that just for money you know what i mean not for you know just for some money and a little bit of fame like he he starts to like the girl he starts to like the kid Mm -hmm. he starts to realize like you know he's always realized he hates the empire so Mm -hmm. you know he gets into it but he's definitely selling us on that he's a pirate Mm -hmm. and uh you know a a mercenary and a more of a hired gun than, than anything else can i start Um, asking you some specific questions about the plot in the mid part of the movie so they do the yeah, first so they're job, in that- and well, let, well, hold on. Let me just set it up. So, they f- do the first job. There's a couple of deaths. He definitely joins the crew because initially it seems like the only option. But he does seem to have an affinity that goes all the way till the end, where it's almost like a Black Panther esque death scene where he kills them because he has to with Woody. We'll get there. What did you think of the crew in general and specifically uh, Woody's character, character Beckett? And like, what if you were in Solo's mind while all of that craziness on the planet when the crew members were dying, like, what was going through his head as all that was happening, do you think? 
Uh, like I was saying earlier, I think he was looking for the chance of someone to get out of there with. And I think when he, he ran into the, uh, Woody and uh, Val in that situation, I think he was like, this, this could be it. And he realized they needed a, another pilot. And uh, he, he was kind of wheedling his way into the situation. And he also, you know, I think that also faced that decision about being a deserter. You know, like he, could, he, could, he saw a way out and he was trying to take it. And they didn't trust him because they're also a bunch of scoundrels. I was a little upset that Val got killed so early. I would have wanted to see her. Are you a Westworld guy? No. <laughs> I'll okay. Leave, I'll leave I, it at that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love Westworld. I haven't even gotten – I don't know if I can get into this next season. But I do like – Anything liked with like little. rape of women or robotic women, I, I, I'd rather see that stuff in movies than weekly on a TV show, I suppose. No, that's fair. I, um, I like the whole rebellion idea. I just am confused as to what they're doing. But anyways, I like her. Yeah. I think she's great. I- I'm into and- it. I just would rather watch Blade Runner or Blade Runner 2049. But I, I get it. I, I okay. get it. And I- and again, again, man, l- like Game of Thrones, love the Westworld cast and love have loved Tondi Newton since she first started popping up in the 90s. It- she hasn't aged a day in 20 years. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. She she's incredible. They're they're both incredible. I mean, do we want to get into Mother of Dragons now or? No, we we'll we'll start later? start with Val and our boy Favreau, I, by the way. There wasn't a lot of Val, I was just going to say. There wasn't a lot of Val. I, like, lot of I, mean, Val. I think she's great. I liked, the, I liked her when she was there. I liked... Uh, Rio. I liked the, inter, I liked the interracial couple. couple. She, wasn't she Beckett's wife? Well, interracial couple doesn't really mean a whole lot in the Star Wars universe in that sense. It does in, it does in the rest of the universe. There aren't a lot of interracial couples. I don't know. They were together. <laughs> you know, this always happens. By the no, way... I think... I, yeah, go ahead. I think that's his wife. I think that's his wife. Yeah, maybe it's his wife. Um, what did yeah. you think of John Favreau's uh, Rio character? I really liked him because he fell into some stereotypes of alien characters, but it wasn't in- annoying or grating. And the fact that I actually felt something when he died after barely knowing him uh, proves, like with Val, that they did a great job on them. Yeah, they really did. They they really did, and it's funny. Um, you know, with so many known actors in this movie that it still did some of the things. Um, the ma- There were so many known actors that were main characters. I felt like that was a little original to this movie. They usually, like I felt like in Rogue One, they weren't doing it as much, you know? Um, I loved, like by the way, did. that Han um, could tell what kind of alien real was like that he was like on stilts and hiding his arm up his butt or whatever behind all that was hilarious. I don't know if you caught that. Which part? I'm sorry. So, so, so the the four armed alien pilot that was voiced by John Favreau, Rio, right, 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 was in right. a full costume when they first met, and Solo like completely placed what species he was, and that he was like basically. How do I say this? Oh, it's the puzzle class. I can say whatever I want. It was like a, it was like a tuck essentially like a tuck, a tuck behind kind of thing but for his arms instead of his dick essentially in the costume right. was hilarious right mm-hmm. right no i was and you see that you see something happen and you see han catch it but mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean he's a hustler and he he has a quick eye he does the same move when he sees the card uh with lando at the end he realized how he did it and he steals the card you know mm-hmm. so it's the same it's the same quick eye. Like he's looking, he's looking for who you are. He's looking for your tells. He's looking for, um, you know, how to get in with you. 
and I always just think I, I just thought he was right. really cool. So I think they did a good job with that. The job yeah, fails. Uh, two of them. Sorry, du- Val, yep. Val Beckett. Val yep. Beckett. Okay. That's his wife. The, the job fails. Two, right. Two two die. So it's just Beckett uh, solo and. Chewy, they go to meet a very menacing Paul Bettany who scared the shit out of me right from the beginning. And Paul Bettany's a great fucking actor. And um, those scars, dude, those scars oh just like, what the fuck happened to him, right? It's such a great practical effect to do as he gets angrier, the, the veins kind of pop out on his face. Now, right. we should mention the reason they lost the job and the cargo was because a bunch of supposed marauders who were tracking them around, who we'll get back to later. Um, I w- we'll save that for later. Cause the emphasis nest re- uh, reveal with the marauders was amazing at the end. Um, right. We'll get back to that. So they go to Paul. She Bettany. was awesome. Awesome. So they go to Paul Bettany, AKA Dryden Voss immediately menacing, and, I, you know, I could tell just from the trailers and the way it was shot that that was where Amelia Clark's Kira showed up. So how two questions. How did you feel the chemistry was between Kira and Han? And how did you feel um, like did Kira fit in to the rest of the story in a satisfying way? Yeah, Uh I was just going to say I didn't like something at the end, but at the end I didn't like it because it was, you know, because it was real and true and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's what happened. I, I just wish the best for my hero, but the reality is that's obviously not who he ends up marrying. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's really sad how it ends and that he he really was doing everything for this girl. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he runs into her on the ship three years after it. He's like, I'm, I'm doing all this for you. Like, don't you, don't you see? And so I really believed, I believed that he really loved her. And I believed that, uh, you know, that at one time she really loved him and now she was just kind of surviving, you know, like as they had been doing the whole time as well. Like they, I mean, they're look, just look. surviving, you know, you, you watch, you've seen all of Game of Thrones. I've seen like three seasons plus a bunch of episodes. I get the character of Khaleesi. She was channeling major Khaleesi here. Now, she wasn't nearly as powerful, but she was channeling the, I am in a place of great power and responsibility, but I also can't think what I want to think and say what I want to say a lot of the time because of the situation I was in. Agree or disagree? Yeah. She she was trying to tell him all the things she wanted to tell him and uh, and couldn't with her eyes, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. uh, he he is dense. And that's that actually. Wow. As I'm thinking this through. Yeah, it's actually another great point to how he uh, how he how his machismo and his bravado uh, and his love of a good woman uh, blinds him to the reality uh, of reading the room of what he's so good at. He's so good at reading the room and knowing who you are. You know, he's like, I know who you are, and I know I, how I can or cannot take advantage of you. And he's so good at that. Yet, when it comes to him and his own relationships, he, he's just like, wait, huh? Wait, what? Like, well, why don't we just run away and 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 you know we can just leave now you know like he doesn't even get it it's almost like he's like well i was just trying to do all this for you so let's go you know and he doesn't get like why they can't you know and he because he can't 
he can't associate shit when it comes. And the same way with, you know, when he's trying to fathom what's going on with um, Luke and uh, with Luke and uh, Leia at the time. Oh my god! Sidebar. Mm. Oh my god! Another hilarious thing from this fucking go. Uh, uh, that little intro that they were doing at Almo. So they 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 do that scene where she goes, "He's my brother." And then you know how Han like looks like he like looks up and kind of looks crazy. So they did that, and as soon as they say he's my brother, they started playing the theme song from Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> it's it's it, and, and, and like and like and you see Han like looking around, like putting it all together while that music is going on, and it's the funniest thing in the world. But that's who he is too, and that's how he is with this relationship, unfortunately. So. This was a case where I got, in terms of this leading to future movies, where I got, I didn't get what I wanted, but it was what ultimately turned out to be what I wanted. Let me explain myself. So, <clears throat> I was assuming Kira would either die or go dark, and that would inform his standoffishness to Leia, but also the fact, let's be honest, from the beginning of Empire, he is being dead honest with Leia about his feelings, and she's the one brushing him off. And I think this was the perfect way to do it, because while Kira was not a princess, she was a noblewoman, and she was hiding things. But the difference is, Kira was hiding major secrets about who she was, what she went through, and so forth. Whereas Princess Leia is only hiding her feelings. You think she was hiding it? I think, well, that's what I was trying to say, like, what I was just saying. Well, she wasn't going to be like, Han, I'm working for Darth Maul, by the way. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, like, I mean, I don't know if he could have, like, gotten it by there. He didn't pick up on it. She kept telling him, you don't know what I've been through. I'm not the same person. He didn't pick up on it. What the movie did great was not give us time and give them time to dwell on it too long. Exactly. Because there was too much going on. And so by the time he thought he was making a breakthrough with her and she killed Dryden Voss for reasons that he didn't understand, she goes, I'm right behind you. We as an audience know they're never going to see each other again. He thinks you're going to see him in like five minutes. Um, right. And you he's know just blinded saying? by the light. Yeah, yeah, he's blinded by you know his pure yeah. love for some girl he knew three or four years yeah. ago. You so know? I guess what I'm saying is, as someone who follows Game of Thrones closely, did you also find some connections with Khaleesi um, and just generally like Amelia Clark's performance? Because I've praised her constantly on the show. I don't know if you've ever talked about it openly. I think she's spectacular, and the better material you give her, the better. Um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on Amelia Clark and, and the character of Kira. Well, you know, uh, I'm surprised that we haven't said strong woman characters once uh, on a podcast that we're both on. So I'll say it right now. Um, Another amazing, strong woman character. Um, She has the fun playfulness of Mother of Dragons, like that you really want to hang out with her. But like, you know, she's a badass bitch and she'll take charge and she she can run this shit if given the chance. And she... She, like Han, was, uh, you know, always waiting for her chance to to really take shit over. And that's kind of why she ran with them on this one, because I think she saw allies that she could take advantage. And I think her ultimate plan was, you know, to her ultimate plan wasn't to run away. Her ultimate plan was to continue to gain power in the ring that she was that she's in. And Han was like, 
let's just run away. <laughs> and she's like, I'm, I'm doing other things now, you know, and he just didn't get it. And, you know, and she's doing other things that she can't, you know, come back from. So I wonder you know, it's, if it's pretty incredible. I mean, look, he definitely pushes hard once when they're in the Falcon and they make out for a bit. And like, that's pretty much it. I wonder if Han pushes a little too hard with Leia and Empire towards the beginning because of his insecurity. That's what I was trying to say before was like, this exactly sets up perfectly the Han insecurity around Leia and Empire Strikes Back. It just did it in a way I wasn't expecting. And so I love it for that. I also like um, the way I think about New Hope and the relationship with, with Han and Leia in that, like, I mean, at what point do you... I don't know at any point in that movie that I realized that like Han's not just trying to fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know he, I, like, he's got feelings for. I trust me. Okay, so you know how we talk about yeah, we watch Rogue totally, One and we immediately totally wa- has. Yeah, I'm actually doing that as we speak. Right, okay. I'm about to start. Yeah. Uh, uh, New Hope. <laughs> so because we, I finished Rogue One. Okay, yeah, right. We always say Rogue One and New Hope. So I thought I was gonna want to watch. Uh, Rogue One after Solo, but I immediately wanted to watch Empire, and I watched like half of Empire the other night, specifically for this reason, and I'm telling That's you... That's interesting. Han is the traditional woman in the relationship, and Leia's the traditional man. Han is emotional, he's sensitive, he's talking about his feelings, Leia doesn't want to hear about it, and like the famous scene is where he kind of corners her, and it looks like he's forcing himself on her a little bit, but Leia could kill him with her finger if she wanted to, you know, and so it's really a matter of him just really trying to force the issue, and it's not until things go south in Cloud City that she admits her feelings, and that's why when she says, I love you, um, and by the way, did you get the I hate you, I know line in, in the movie? It was awesome. I did like that. And it's funny, and you don't like that solo one because I think they're both both—they're all a little tongue-in-cheek. But yeah, I like that one. I like Yeah, but what I was saying do, was yeah. if, if it was too much a direct mirror of Leia or a direct dark mirror of Leia, it wouldn't have rang true. Better that it was just a complicated relationship that didn't go the way he wanted to. That is way cooler and more realistic for Han Solo. Um, and the fact that he's not a ladies' man in the traditional sense. Honestly, he's actually that's where we were wrong, and that's where I was wrong, and I expected him to be this, you know, scoundrel womanizer, and that's, yeah, that's what I you said. You thought he's gonna was. be womanizing. I'm going no, that's Lando. But actually, when you actually just said this, I just realized that, like, when you thought when you said it like that, with that line when he says when she says uh, I love you, and he says I know. If you flip that and imagine Han as a woman and imagine Leia as a man, well, he does say it, it. makes more sense. And then if you think about him... Well, he says in Return of the Jedi, and they, they flip it. I love you, I know, yeah. Well, doesn't... No, no, no. Doesn't he say it in, uh, in, at the end of uh, Empire, when, yeah, when but, he's being frozen? But when they're in the shield generator, Return of the Jedi, Leia's... <sighs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, it so- he sounds... Again, he sounds like the cocky cocksmith machismo But it's all guy, an act. It's that, all it's an all act. It's all an act. Yep, it's all an act. Their relationship is actually... What does she say? Is what you're saying. What does she say she to said, him? She says to him, you're the good guy, and he tries to brush it off, but that one delivery from Amelia Clark, but you're the good guy, it, like that hit home for me so hard. He is the good guy, and he likes bad girls. He likes girls with daddy issues. I mean, because let's be honest. Uh, 
Leia's well, got some daddy issues. I don't know. I think he just likes strong women. I think he likes extremely strong women. I think that's more the undercurrent. So, all right, man. That's true, too. Okay, so here's the plan. So, for the final two acts, we're going to talk about Lando, which is going to be interesting, and also L3, and talk about robot slavery and so forth, which will be great. And then, I wanted more L3. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll talk about L3. I'm, jump, I, I'm like, I'm it's okay. At the and if we have time, we'll talk about why this movie is making not a lot of money, but is getting great reviews from fans. That sound okay? Yeah, let's run with it. All right, BizzleCast listeners, we could talk about this all day. Maybe we'll give a rating at the end. Actually, you know what, Simmy? Let's mix it up a little bit. I'll tease that we're going to talk Lando and L3. We're going to talk the Kessel Run, and then we're going to wrap up with a few thoughts. What would you give this movie rating-wise right now? What, what do we do out of five stars? It could be an A thing. It can be out of ten, five stars, whatever you want. And are we comparing it to all movies, or are we comparing it to Star Wars? Movies? I leave that up to you as well. I would say star. I, I would say overall, actually, Star Wars movies and all movies. I'm I'm giving it like a solid B. You know, maybe even B, maybe even B plus. Hmm. Um, you know, A. I have to say, or like, I, I resist for. I mean, I have to say those are like the more and some of the things I don't agree with are Academy winning, but like something that's like a piece of work, like the way we talk about Rogue One. Sure. I don't think this movie is that, and that's fine. No. This is, this, <laughs> And nor, and nor Let us be clear, Bizzlecast listeners, yeah, this is yeah, not yeah. in competition that's with Rogue One. Fine. And that's fine. Nor you know but like but when you think when that. I think about movies like Die Hard and, and, and a lot of movies in that franchise, yeah. and when I think about a lot of great fun movies that I want to watch all the time and that could be cult, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I think I'm gonna be able to watch this movie. Yep. More than I'll be able to watch Jedi, Last Jedi. Oh yeah, uh, I could I could almost say that now. And I mean, I don't want to, but uh, I just I could definitely tell you my thirst after watching this movie is is way more than Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and I'll leave it at that because I'm gonna start watching it again. I really am hoping to get Jesse out to Brooklyn and. We're gonna really like head out to Alamo Draft House and have a oh, yeah, a baby. good old time. They have they have they have two hearted in cans, uh, my d- friend. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll get there. Soft pretzels, we'll there. steak sandwiches, oh. fried pickles. They oh 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 nine dollars is what you spend on if you and your date wanted some candy, right? You want some candy at the movie theater? You want Reese's Pieces? I want M and M's. We're gonna spend about nine bucks to get that king size, right? Mm-hmm. So for nine dollars at the Alamo Draft House. There's five different, four different types of cookies. I got chocolate chip, but they're the size of your face, and there's three of them, and they bake them right there. So they bring you hot baked cookies for nine dollars instead of mm. eating crusty ass candy for nine dollars. You know why you got so, chocolate chip cookies? Because they're the best thousand- always. <laughs> they look. I don't. I, I'm not a peanut butter guy per se. Oh, I love peanut butter, butter, ice cream, everything. Cookies, no. They have a peanut butter banana cookie. Okay. They have, and I'm willing to try that. They have. You can do a three where you can order three. But anyway, (laughs) yeah. Let's focus here. Let's focus, buddy. Let's focus. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, but like I'm trying to get I'm trying to get sponsors, Jesse. Dude, you know, if they want to sponsor us. me, if they want to throw me five bucks a month to, to have them in the podcast twice a week, I would be thrilled. Thrilled. If you want to throw us tickets to see a movie, thrilled. and we'll just talk about you more like I'm talking about you now yes. <clears throat> all the time. 
I'll be honest. You might get this advertising anyways. But, yeah. you know, get at us. All right. All right. Here we go, guys. So, again, to recap, because it was like five minutes ago I said it. Lando and L3 and the whole uh, uh, first card game and so forth. And the getting in the Falcon. And then the entire Kessel Run, which, let's be honest, was like Scarif in this movie. Like, this was the Scarif of the movie was the long Kessel Run, which is great. And then we'll finish up with some different thoughts. So, we thought... You round up. Yeah. We round up. Thir- <laughs> right, it was 12 and a half parsecs. <laughs> you, you round down. You round so, okay. Round down. We knew Lando was going to be great. L3 seemed like just another, like a female sassy version of K2. I had heard mixed things. I heard most people liked L3. Some people found her grading. I think I found her 75% cool, 25% grading. So I will give it to you in either order, Lando, L3, or you can do both at the same time. Sorry. Sidebar. We didn't do this on our last time. Um, One of my biggest Star Wars things that I do on the side, other than watching all this shit and obsessing over it, is, and I'm sure we've talked about this and seen on the icon, I collect all Star Wars pets. Yes, sir. And they came out with another Chewbacca. It's the fifth Chewbacca. And Chewbacca, next to Han, is like one of my favorite characters. Or the fa- my favorite character, other than Han. Um, and so they came out with a new Han, which is also amazing because they only have the Harrison Ford Han and now the Alden Han. Mm-hmm. And those are the only two Hans that ever existed because Harrison Ford wouldn't fucking give his likeness. And then so they just never did a Han. So now all of a sudden there's two Han Pez dispensers. Um, an L3 and another Chewy and the um, and the Lando and they're all awesome. So now I get now I'm gonna get into my thoughts on L3. Yeah. I thought she was great. I thought um, you know as our pat on the backs go, which I'm sure you're gonna get into momentarily. Oh, yeah. You know the whole racism, anti-droidism. You know she is the. Uh, you know Rosa Parks of her people as she starts uh, you know you know sit-ins and 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 rebellions and like more like John Brown just straight to violence yeah (laughs) you're right so yeah uh, I thought I thought she was great I actually wanted more of her again her and Val um, you know they killed them off relatively I thought we could have had a little bit more L3 like uh, I thought like even that, honestly, like that little joke she makes about how like she's not into Lando, but Lando is like really into her, uh-huh. is almost believable. Well, Kasdan got in some trouble. I, I need to jump in here, Simi. So Lawrence yeah. Kasdan claimed that you know Lando is actually kind of pansexual and therefore is like attracted to women, but also occasionally men and even droids. Like this was an intent of theirs. People read this completely the wrong way, including myself. As trying to, you know, Disney hasn't done a great job in Star Wars with gay people. Um, you know, they seem like this was shoehorning in. But then you see the movie and his relationship to L3, and it makes sense. And I got to give a cr- uh, props to my boy uh, Larry Kasdan for, for doing this very brave storyline, which I'm sure made people feel uncomfortable, which was part of the point. Go ahead. It's so funny. Uh, you say make people feel uncomfortable, and I thought it was kind of cool that they actually convinced me of that relationship. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very all types of cool with shit like that, and like that didn't even know existed. You know what I mean? Like, I, like other than that movie, her. But like, I, I just, I just didn't know 
that, 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 that they were doing that. That was and maybe, sorry, that was maybe the best non Han line of the movie where Kira goes, how does that work? And now three just turns her head and goes, it works. <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, okay, right. it works. Sure. Why not? Well, it's like with and, data. And, and, Here's the thing, man. If you, if you grew up with star Trek, the next generation and loving data, where he's fully functioning, as he says, sexually, even though he's an android. This isn't as weird as it might be for some people. So I don't have an objective eye. Because isn't and with Blade Runner and stuff, I've come across this many times. And Westworld, too, right? I mean, it's dealing with some of those themes. And Battlestar Galactica, as well. Oh, um, God. Obviously. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, they... Uh, yeah. that's that. I, I guess they, it was just kind of weird, because like, she's like so not... She doesn't look like a skin job, you know. So you can't imagine. She that does she's walk a robot feminine though, and have th- w- female thighs, which I thought was very interesting and difficult to animate. I imagine. And I thought it was pretty cool that she, uh, you know, she had a very cool personality, you know. And I think that 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 also was just kind of cool, like droid or not, like like whether they're actually sexually involved, like like Lando like loved her, like because of like her individualism as you know we see with K, uh w- with r2d2 and leia and r2d2 and luke and uh c3po and leia i mean like she makes fun of him like throughout their relationship but like he's like her confidant you know at some level like c3po and leia you know like he's around all the time so have you seen x Machina? You know, yeah yeah that's all i yeah. could think of i'm like well if you dress her up like a beautiful woman, does, has that changed the equation? Most people aren't thinking of that. I think this was a fun, and I'm going to use this word, but not in a negative sense, throwaway. It wasn't a throwaway, the sex thing, but I liked it was casual, and that L3's main um, characteristic was the rebelliousness and the desire to free both droids and humans. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. I think you and I, like, prophesized like yeah. this this funny under well, we talk about droids and slaves all the time i mean we're constantly talking right. about it yeah and and they and they talked about it um they they talk about it they they hint at it in some of the other movies mm-hmm. like in, in a new hope you can't bring a droid in here you know and then there's all this all this other sorts of stuff that they're always hinting that there's something going but you never talk about someone being like like i think c3po says something like We'll wait outside, or, or that's rude. Or he said he's like put off by it. And like, by the way, by the way, man, I'm going to bring in Ewoks here, people. So buckle your seatbelts because I'm bringing in some Ewok defense. Which is, it's not just about droids; it's about all in, quote unquote inferior or weaker beings, right? And how do they get the Ewoks on their side in Return of the Jedi? They do it at gunpoint. Do they threaten them? No. Princess Leia wins over them with her amazing charisma. And then C-3PO tells them the story of how horrible the Empire is. And they decide unilaterally, independently, that they're going to help, even if they lose a whole bunch of their people. And by the way, guys, you know, people say, oh, only two Ewoks died in Endor. I can guarantee you more than two Ewoks died in Endor, okay? There's a PG movie in 1983, and that death was brutal. And if you were a kid and you watched this, Simi, back me up on this, you watch those Ewoks die, that is very sad the way L3 and the droids dying is sad. They died to save all those people. <laughs> they all, there were so many Ewoks that died. How could you people think 
You better not be mocking the Ewoks, man. You're walking a fine line. And don't even fuck with me about how you guys don't like Ewoks. Seriously. That's some garbage. You guys are, we, we, we yelled at you guys at, at another point, yeah. but like, you're lying. Why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. you're, you're being an irrational, like, yeah. hey, I'm too cool for teddy bears. Here's the thing, like, man. It's not about It's all about our age. It's another species. It's all about our age. Like, by far the most listened to podcaster I've had on, Paul Herman, a couple weeks ago, is born like, you were 81, right? I'm 81. Was born yeah. 82. Same stuff. Grew up on Return of the Jedi. And, like, he's the ultimate, like, I would be the guy who hates Ewoks. He loves Ewoks. It's like, come on. There's nothing to – and, like, if – actually, maybe we could root it back to, like, what you think about women. Because if you don't think that interaction that you're talking about with with, with, with Leia isn't, like, kind of cool to watch, um, then, like, I don't get it. Like, why wouldn't you – you know, she makes a friend, like – like she wins them I, I, over with her charisma. By the time we see her again, she's yeah. dressed like a queen, and they're you know, like <laughs> she's gorgeous under any species. By the calendar way, of, can, of, of of rankings, can we admit she's, one thing? Yeah, with every new Star Wars property of of any kind, doesn't it make you appreciate not just the original cast, but specifically Carrie Fisher more and more? Yeah, I mean, she paved the way. I mean, we can't, like, speak her praises anymore. Well, it's almost harder, you know? harder for women if you think about it. Like, yes, Han and Luke are all-time legendary, but it's mostly male characters, main and side. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader, you know? Like, she was the woman. And so, whether it's Kira or Jin or Daisy Ridley or Rose, I- it must be really difficult in Leia's shadow. And that's just a compliment to her. And I think, and it's a compliment to the casting mm-hmm. too that they they've been able to find such lovable characters yep. and such strong women. Oh, oh like, okay, so strong women. L three, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, she she was talking about everything that we were talking about. Only she was like leading it. Like it was as if like she heard. Maybe this is why this this movie caters to the fanboys so much because maybe they were like us talking about how like you know what about the what about what about droid rights you know and. And she did it. Like she's leading the rebellion of, of of how they treat droids, even at that that day and age. You know that that was progressive. You know, <laughs> it was really progressive, and it was just really cool to uh, to watch her and Lando and who she was, and she's the pilot, and she's you know Lando's Chewie, if you will, uh, or, or um, you know you can make all these comparisons. She's the sidekick, and and I like that she was a woman. And I like. Uh, I like that she was really creating this dynamic of, of like doing something bigger. And she's always trying to make Lando do something bigger. And Lando's kind of like the, the scoundrel. And she's like, we need to do more, you know? And, and he's, he's just kind of like, mm. eh, you know, mm. we'll see. Can I tell you a funny story? So, yeah. so people were tweeting Alan Tudyk on, <clears throat> about whether he thought K2 and, and L3 would be into each other. And he was basically just like, they're both so damn intolerable. I can't see it working or something like that. <laughs> like they, right, they would just yeah, annoy and piss just, the shit out of each other constantly. <laughs> that's actually probably accurate. Like, yeah, but they'd but be like, great best the friends. Con- they'd be great like platonic, you know, male female best friends, but not a couple. 
Do you know what's funny? Mm. You know what that sounds like? Mm. That sounds like the guy who has two gay friends. It's yep. like, yep. oh, maybe you guys would go out, but like he doesn't really understand. Dude, K2 like, and Cassian, you know? I mean, K2 could be a little gay, you know? And this is the thing. The fact that we're even introducing into Star Wars lingo, like, both gender and sexuality is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what it sounds like. It's like, oh, you have a droid? I have a droid friend. And you know what I think maybe they sold? like each other. You know what I think they sold really well? And I'd like to jump to Lando. I mean, you can follow this, but then I like to jump to Lando. What I thought they sold great was she had been building her anger level up and we just, it just happened to boil over in the stress of this particular mission when she went too far, <laughs> not in terms of freeing people, but like losing sight of the mission and got her killed. Ultimately, I, right. you know, like, like I understood, like some people would be like, Oh, well, why didn't it happen before this point? I was like, well, a story, but B, I think it was because when tension gets ratcheted up in real life, like in movies, people start making decisions that are passionate and also irrational. And so she freed one droid and then she just can't stop herself from freeing all these droids. I thought it was very believable. And so I thought her death was tragic and inevitable, and I, I I just have to praise Donald Glover for mourning that way on camera with nothing there. He is he's an incredible. All right, actor. go and go go. He, he he he's really an incredible actor. I mean, he great came, leaders. <laughs> what's that? Great leader. You know, that's like the running joke about Jin and Cassian is like I'm in love. With, no, no, no. They're just. They're great leaders. Great leaders. Great leaders. <laughs> you start. Lando, Lando is not a great leader. Actually, that's a great place to start. Lando is not a great. Yeah, leader. but if I talk to my uh, female Star Wars friends, I'd basically have to do the same approach. Be like, you know, like they love. Oh my god, the women love Lando, and I'm sure you can understand this one better than Adam Driver. I th- I think I think also like the homage to uh, Billy Dean. It, it, it was was perfect. I even found that his vocals sound just were, like him. Sound just like him. If you close your eyes, like you know, Code Forty Five gets it every time. Like I think he just probably sat in the mirror and just said that and just like yeah. played that character. The only over, time it over, sounded over again. like uh, Donald Glover doing Lando Calrissian when was when he was forced to deliver a line usually a good one that wasn't of the initial series tone, if that makes sense. But whenever he was just like, hey, everybody sit down, grab a glass of wine, blah, blah, blah. He sounded exactly like Billy D. Williams without mocking him. And this shows how with Lando, the best approach was to do an impression. Uh, and with Han, let's be honest, this was the best approach, Simi. If we got a worse actor who could do a great Harrison Ford uh, uh, impression, I don't think we'd be happy right now. I totally, I totally agree. I don't want someone to be Harrison Ford. That's not what I wanted at all. Like, I, I wanted this. This was fine. This is exactly what we wanted. And but but back, to, back you're gonna to, love uh, it more in the Danny. second watching too. Go ahead. I agree. Uh, back to Danny Glover. Uh, Donald Glover. He, uh, Donald Glover. Sorry, I. Danny Glover's. I, I'm too old for this yeah, shit. I, yeah, I know. I I love them both. Deal. They're not related, by the way. Go ahead. Not related. Mm-hmm. The Glover family. Yeah. <laughs> um. When he does all this, this Billy Dean Williams and everything. Um, oh, real quick, did you know Billy Dean were like was kind of like not invited to shit for this? I heard that's not true. That nerd, that's not true. Not true. No, not true. Somebody was saying that to me, and I was like, not only is that not true, but it's it's half confirmed that he's getting in shape to be in Episode Nine as older version of himself right now. 
Oh, that's awesome. I would love that to be that. Maybe that was just the case that he just didn't look great. <laughs> that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I yeah. wasn't there, but I mean, he worked with Donald Glover. He's close with Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm. Like, I can't see any circumstance where they would have snubbed Billy D. He was even in the cartoons. They, he does. I mean, they love Billy D over there. They've been trying to work him in. People said the Moz bit in episode eight should have been Billy D uh, rather than force Moz in there when they're like, when he's like, oh, you go, oh, you go to Canto Bite or whatever. I, I, I'm fine one way or the other, but I think Billy D is definitely making another st- Star Wars appearance. Good. But in the meantime, Good. talk about Donald Glover's brilliance in terms of imperson- like doing an impression, but not trying to impersonate him at all times. Absolutely. And he was a young him. And, you know, I, I think I, another wrong, impre- wrong uh, prediction that I said Billy Dean or Billy Dean uh, Glover would steal the show. And and he didn't steal the show again. Like he really made Alden look good. All the good and take give and takes they had together. They, they made each other look good. Can I be honest? They didn't. Can I be honest on this point? You're both right and wrong. And I sound like Yoda here. You're both right and wrong. Right and wrong you are. <laughs> you, you're right in that he didn't, on the surface, steal the show. But because he voluntarily yielded the stage, for the most part, to the other actors, including Reich, he stole the show by not stealing the show, was my interpretation, and I can't give a higher praise to an actor. I mean, that is something. I guess He that's never tried to I'm steal saying. a scene from Han. Even that's if he was getting the upper, saying. yeah. If, if no, but I think it's important that to point out take, there's like, a difference. No one dominated, yeah, right. But there's a difference. There's a difference between oh, he's really great, but he didn't steal the show. And this, which is he could have stolen the show at any point if he wanted to, and elected to not based on the direction of Ron Howard and the writing of J- uh, Jonathan and Lawrence Kasdan. Go ahead. Are you a Harry Potter fan? I mean, I've seen most of the movies. I'm not like a huge... I I mean, um, the third Harry Potter movie is like just one of my all-time favorite movies as a standalone movie, but I... So would you say Emma Watson steals the show? Well, I think Hermione in the movies is way more interesting than Harry and Ron, and you add Emma Watson, of course she steals the show. But if you look at... Daniel Radcliffe now, while he doesn't have as many high-profile projects, he's an excellent and very charismatic and good-looking actor as Daniel Radcliffe. So that was a mix of the actress and the material. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. So I, mean, I guess, dude, the, my, I guess the, No, I'm sorry. My favorite movie is Prisoner of Azkaban. She punches the guy yeah. in the face. She's time-traveling. She's literally... Harry does nothing in that movie. Harry and Ron literally oh do nothing in that movie, but you still love them. And Emma Watson is doing everything, and it's fantastic. Fantastic. And Gary Oldman, man. Gary Oldman. What are we Gary do Oldman with that guy? and the fucking And the guy who plays Ares in Wonder Woman, who pl- uh, Lupus is awesome. Yeah, Professor Lupin. Lupin yeah. Oh God. Yeah. If you want to, by the way, I've read those books probably a thousand times. So if you want to do that one, I could do that anytime. Oh, work. but my point is, yeah. my point is, and I've seen the movies a thousand. Times. Hey, that's my always is, a good connection. Always a good connection. My point is, she could have done much more <laughs> and she That's didn't true. you know what i mean That's true. ron still had a person i mean yeah. she's gorgeous and you know and like, you know the one thing that connects it kid, you, know you know the one thing that connects those two examples which is a great example is even though emma and harry had spent time together significantly before that as kids but 
In both cases, there was a real friendship between the leads, and so it wasn't a problem. I mean, Alden and Donald, you can tell, and this is why I pray people go out there and see this movie and they can make money on it or it does well after the fact. Because I want, whether it's TV or Lando movies or Han movies, like Han and Lando have great, great chemistry together. The way that, you know, Hermione and Harry Potter uh, had had excellent chemistry. So, yeah, man. Another another side to, to, to cater to that notion, um, Snape. And uh, Professor Snape and Harry, uh, no God Snape. rest his soul, uh, uh, Rick, uh, uh, Alan Rickman, Alan Rickman, um, God rest him. He's a tremendous actor. I love him in so many different things. He's a, uh, uh, I mean, have you heard Snape of a little movie called Die Hard? <laughs> I know, I know. He's, Maybe uh, the greatest evil one-dimensional villain of all time. Ah, uh, ah! Uh, uh, is that a god? Is it real? Ah, uh, uh, I love his impression of an of, of a American accent. Mm-hmm. Of anyways, so yeah, so there's a great story about um, uh, Hermione and Ron and Harry. Oh, getting, we're going deep, Emma uh, Watson here. Oh God, give it to me. Milk, they were getting they were me. getting milkshakes. Give and, it to me. And, uh, Alan Rickman had a brand new like classic car, and he stopped short, and all three of them spilled their milkshakes in the back of his car. Like true story, as like ten year olds sure, hanging out with Alan, he's like, yeah. he's like, let me take you guys out for milkshakes, and they spilled like their milkshakes all over his <laughs> brand new fucking car. Okay, so they're the Harry Potter kids; they can get away with anything. <laughs> yeah, no, but he loved them. They, there's other great stories, like like him and Albus, whoever played Albus Dumbledore, I forgot what his name is. They they had whoopee cushions, and they like they were doing this like serious scene and, and they kept like doing these fart noises like during the scene and mm-hmm. making them like, mm-hmm. they like, they like play practical jokes on the cast, like mm-hmm. throughout the movie. And it was like, okay, we're all friends. Can I make a Harry Anyways. Potter connection? That is a criticism, a, crit- a small critique of Han Solo. Mm-hmm. So they basically at, at various points, including like Brendan Gleeson and the various Dumbledores. I mean, Harry Potter at various points had 10 to 12 of the greatest English actors of the last 50 years on. Oh my God. But what did they do? They never made them lead characters because it's about the kids, right? Even when they added new kids, like more Weasleys or whatever, like, you know, like it was always about the kids. And so I hate to say it because I love this man and he was very good in the movie and I love him in almost every role. However, the weak link of the, of the last third to half of Han Solo is Woody Harrelson. And it's only because I don't think he needed to be there. He could have come in and out a little bit. Like him hovering over them the whole time was sort of unnecessary. I'm I'm it's like sorry here's here's my one comparison in the Star Trek reboot did you see the J.J. Abrams Star Trek reboot in 2009 yeah yeah right so all the kids so all the the first one right so all the kids they're the young version of the original cast they're they're forced on the Enterprise because there's a huge crisis and there's Christopher Pike is the captain and then he's gone and so the inmates are running the asylum you want the kids to run the asylum right it's why I think episode 9 people aren't realize how excited they should be because it's going to be Kylo and Rey and Finn running the asylum no original cast anymore no boundaries and I, I didn't think Woody needed to be be there. In fact, it's entirely forgettable his role from when they first meet Lando until the end when he betrays them. To be honest with you, 
I don't think you're wrong. You're just, no. I don't think you're wrong. I'm just blind to it because I'm such a Woody fan. I do too. So I want more Woody. Well, that was the other and side. Also, my other side was know. or more. It should have been more or how less. You, That's that was my point. How, let me ask you something. How do you how do you make that the ending? Han always shoots first. That's, that's, no, 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 that's no. That I would like. be there. He would sell them out. He just wouldn't have been on the Kessel Run, but he would have been aware of it and informing Voss the whole time. I would have made the betrayal longer. And, no, but it wouldn't yeah. have been a bit, bit. You wouldn't have really. You wouldn't have really believed it as much. Like maybe I when he when when he when there when you you had a moment to say who is it? Like I was like it's Woody. Fuck, it's Woody. Like I kind of knew it was Woody, and I. But it was a lame betrayal, like with Last Jedi. It was a lame betrayal. It was. It was a little bit of a lame betrayal. I do like. I loved, but I love that ending scene. Um, yeah, Han had to shoot and first, I, and the fact that he's so sad. Guys, underrated acting. Watch Aaron Reich's face from the moment he shoots Woody to the moment Woody dies, the moment he stands up. He looks like T'Challa cradling Michael fucking B. Jordan at the end of Black Panther. That's how sad he looks. I'm sorry, well, man. That's my point. This is, this well, wait, is, well, that's hold on, my hold on. Point. Does he? No, no, hold do on. you feel that? No, if it's not, I that do. I did. But what I'm trying to say is, as much as I love Woody, and I would have preferred more Woody rather than what we got. Nevertheless, the emotion of that scene is sold totally by Aaron Reich, and he, if he hadn't won me over that point, which he did, he won me over with that scene, which was a very like. Um, uh, you know, hell or high water kind of scene. You know, I, I. But do you care about the relationship as much? I do. If, I do if, because if he was there in the beginning. Because Woody was the one who gave him the shot in the beginning, which was all he needed. Right. All Han needed was a foot in the door. And even though they failed the mission, I mean, dude, think about it. Think about what happened. Woody brought them on. They not only failed the mission, they lost the cargo and two of their three crew members. Right. And yet he keeps them. Why? Why does Woody keep Han and Chewie on after that fucking disaster? Ask yourself. Well, he let the, the one thing that I thought that what I actually liked him and I was sad that he betrayed them was he didn't he let them go or maybe he was just conning them the whole time. Can and I give you my theory? Like, yeah, go ahead. You know the whole Woody, you know, expect everyone to betray you and you'll never be disappointed that I always talk about. Uh huh. I think he actually trusted Han and Chewie. There's two of the only trustworthy people out there. And so as a semi-good guy, semi-bad guy, they were actually the guys for him because he didn't have to worry about them. Like if they professed loyalty, they were loyal. And that's what was important to set up here is that we always know Chewie's loyal, but Han is loyal too, even if he's occasionally misdirected. And this will lead to the final part, man. I still want to talk about some of this stuff, but like this was, let's put it this way. This felt more like Han at the end of, of Empire Strikes Back in some ways. And, and I kind of like that, um, that he's complicated enough to have different versions of himself that kind of cycle between. And I think if you had made this a... Dude, okay, Simi, uh, let me put it this way and then I'll let you talk. You know, I talked a lot in our Rogue One commentary about how the original Jin was a badass, but she was just kind of bitter and unlikable and they were like we have felicity jones the star wars movie we have to make her you know compassionate and ultimately want to do the right thing and that's where the rebellions are built on hope thing is from and all that stuff right i think they did that with han i think uh, they made sure han was a three-dimensional compassionate character as i say all star wars leads have to be 
and you can still shoot first and be a great guy, you know? And I think they totally sold that he's a good guy. Amelia Clark calls him a good guy. She predicts that he's going to help. The By the way, the coolest part of the movie, the reveal of the Marauders, Emphis Nest, and the, the rebellion, including two tubes, man, who we've gone fucking an hour and 30 minutes, haven't mentioned that two tubes hmm. was chilling through the bottom part of that movie with the spark of the rebellion. I just loved... So, yeah, man, I mean, like Rogue One, which, of course, it's not passing, I just will say this movie gets better as it goes along, and I've seen it twice, and I, I do, with, especially with an A-only storyline, goddamn, I appreciate that, sorry. So, so it's, I think it's so funny, because um, my expectations of who Han was in, in my whole lifetime, like, kind of in this movie got affirmed that I was incorrect and no, I knew who he became and I, and I felt I knew who he was in hope and, 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 uh, and empire, but I was, I was actually wrong. Um, no, you weren't. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Walter. No, wait, wait. let me, let me get into this though for a minute. Okay. Like the force drew Han to Obi-Wan. Okay. Obi-Wan drew, was drawn to Han and Chewbacca. Who knew okay? Luke's parents' uh, family was dying and let it happen. Go ahead. You know, but my point is, like, there's he ends up being the mother or the father of, of Leia's child, mm-hmm. as evil as that person is. He, he's, he's one of the big three. He's one of the chosen ones. Like, he is – and this isn't just for some reason. Like, the Force – drew these people together and for us to be like he was a scoundrel i think i even said like you know a good woman you know made him turn made him see that it's not too late to change your ways he he did things to survive he was always a good person you know and he was he was always he was always gonna do the right thing Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. and, and that's in the movie he always does the right thing yeah what does he do at one point does he double cross anyone kit Okay, bring the force in. Are we okay to bring the force in at this this late point? Let's do it. Okay. So, again, I listen to my podcast a lot, guys. You might think I just put these out, but before they come out, I listen to them a bunch of times, do tons of edits, and after they come out, I continue to listen to them so I can get better and not be an idiot, and I have bad short-term memory, and also to pat myself on the back, but also take criticism. But, Simi, you said two things in the Rogue One commentary that took me a bunch of listens to get. Uh, the first was just that you called Jin a, the spark of the rebellion, and then like an hour later, I did the same thing as if nothing had happened before then. So, <laughs> I'm sorry about that, my man. Um, and you went into great description about how nothing that we love about Star Wars would ever have happened if, the, you know, you, whatever. So sorry. But the other thing was you, you, you kept teasing that the Force was strong around Jin, and you're right, because Chirrut keeps commenting on the Force being strong around Jin, right? So you're talking about mm-hmm. them being agents of the Force. So the question is, do you think, given all we know now, Han Solo is fully an agent of the Force? Uh, we actually talked about that on another podcast, and, and um, you, if I could remember properly, I don't think you were upset, but like, you weren't saying you were upset, but you didn't like the idea that only force breeds force and like. No, I don't like the genetic a, thing. I don't. I don't like right, that you're either born right. force strong or not. I, I hate that. So, that should be discouraged. So I think. I think I had. I had actually. 
I don't. I'm no, no. I'm sure sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm not saying does he have the force. I'm saying the way you saw Chiru, not just Chiru, but Jin and company as agents of the force. The force compelling them. Not that they have force powers. Do you yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, sorry. I think the force is. Go- I know I was being Why clear. The Go two- ahead. Yeah. The force is a is a path that's driven mm-hmm. and gives choice, right? Yeah, it's a, it's they give you a path, but then they give you well, choice. Maybe, and then, yeah. Eh, they imply that you 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 always have choice. Like th- sometimes the choice. Can I ask, is you, obvious can I ask you a question? Yeah. Let's say you are a perfectly good person in terms of always knowing the the right decision, right? You still be a good person and not know the right decision. No, no, but I'm on. just just to go all the way with me. You're Superman, you know. You, okay, you get, okay, okay. You're you're Moses. Got it. For each decision I give you, where there's a right and a wrong, do you have free will? Because if you're a truly good person, you must choose the truly good decision right. in every case. So that's like saying like there's like there's I, I forget. It. I forget what movie or what it is, but they're, they're like saying, well, you know, that's not really much of a choice. You know, if we have a choice to die or we could help you. So like, is that a choice? And like, so I think of that song, even if you choose not to make a choice, you still have made a choice. You know, even if you choose not to decide, you mm-hmm. still have made a choice. So like, yeah, it's, it's not a great choice, but there is yeah. somewhat of it, but that's what I mean by there's a path. So there's a path that's mm-hmm. inevitable mm-hmm. and you, you could, you could choose to like divert and like, Look, ending it and like you know, uh, kamikaze is is a path. It, that's a choice. You we know? see like, it again and again in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. So that's a choice. There are tons of choices. Um, you know, actually, they get into it deeper in some of those other books of just like you know why they, somebody would choose suicide than than living under the Empire mm-hmm. um, and and like living in some of these uh, these camps and, and 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 jails and stuff like that that Jin was living in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I divert. So, so we we get into I'm just, all this. Sorry, and- that was a super uh, abstract way of trying to talk about new notions of the Force, which you know I'm all about. Operating around people that aren't Jedi and couldn't even control it if they want to, but like the Tao in Taoism or Buddhism, shows the way that is a true choice, but is the better path, and it's up to the people to take it. But there's still forces operating around them, I guess. And that's what I'm so surprised about. It's so obvious that the Force would draw Leia and Luke, the, the you know the uncle and, and the mother, the the matriarch and the patriarch, that the uh, you know the 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 first husband of you know royalty, if you will, of that Skywalker blood. What, you think he's really a piece of shit scoundrel? And like to me, it's so funny that like he he was kind of scoundrelly, but He's not. He he's playing a role of who he needs to be to survive. And look, he's a survivor, and that's who he is. But he's got he's got tons of heart. He loves Chewie more than Here's life itself. Know. You know. Yeah. He loves that ship, and he loves. Uh, he does love that ship. Loves- I wish you've seen Serenity, man. It's just like this. God damn, I can't. He I'm, loves I'm Chewie. He loves that ship, Sorry. and and his word, mm-hmm. his word to his friends is his like his real like to Chewie and to. You know, he he's not really fucked anyone over. I, even now, I'm still saying, well, I'm sure he fucked some people over because I'm thinking about the latter parts of. Uh, but that's not that's not how he's viewed now, man. Like, if you think he does some really sketchy shit, it has to be between this movie and New Hope. So, you got to come up with that material. 
Exactly. And that's the thing. I was wrong. That's my whole point. But, I was wrong. But back wrong to your notion of choice, time. man, which I, I, that's why I don't, you know, I do believe in free will. When he says she's rich in A New Hope and Han, you know, and Han Solo starts thinking, okay, maybe I should be involved in this. If he didn't accept that proposal at that point and left, Rebels may be loose, right? Well, let me ask you something else. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we're going to play what if, what if Luke says... These are called counterfactual questions. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you started. I know. I love uh, counterfactual it, questions. It, are you kidding me? Come on. You know, bring it. What if he says... What if he says... Do you love the Empire? He'd say no. Do you know what they're doing? He'd say kind of. And then he'd be like, well, this is what they're doing. And if we don't stop them, and I have a way that we could stop them by saving this princess. And maybe there's something in it for you. I don't know. But if you found a treasure map, and maybe there'd be some money on it, and in the process you could fight the people you don't like, why wouldn't you come? You know, there's other ways he could have convinced him by saying money. Like, money was, like, what he thought would convince him. And at that point, you know, there was money on his head. You know, Greedo's, Greedo tried to kill him, you know, five minutes after that deal, and he knew this was coming. And, you know, he, he needs money fast. He's scared of Jabba. He, he, he had a fucking run gone bad, like it happens. He's got to figure out a way yes, to pay it back. But- by the way, recycled story. Uh-huh. <laughs> go on go on um yet as soon as he meets the people behind the masks of emphis nest which is children and aliens and people of color he immediately turns to help them without uh, we, we miss the scene where he even decides they don't even show us the scene where Han solo decides to help those rebels at the end right they just they just because well they want to because he's Han Solo. He's always sympathized with the rebels. This makes perfect sense. You can he still be an outlaw. rebel. Yeah. Right. He's not a bad person. He hates person. the Empire. He's, he's the seen rebel. it. He, he's been in the Academy. He he's been really in the front lines. Hates, yeah. yeah. And he probably at some level um, mm-hmm. thinks that they stole his girl from him. You know, regardless of, of how he's this never bitter ends. about it, though, man. I'm impressed. I was impressed how not bitter he was at the end. Not, I guess what he no, he wasn't yeah. bitter. He wasn't bitter at at what she became or what he became. What he was bitter. He was sad that she couldn't run away with him. All right, buddy. He was just sad. Uh, keeping us on Bizzle schedule here. So here we go. Yeah, the we, big we reveal of the hours. movie. Okay. And not only the big reveal of the movie, but the reveal of it in the time and place, and this seems to be setting up a whole sub-universe, involves numerous characters that you and I love, including Obi-Wan Kenobi, including Ahsoka Tano, and including the man in question, and I literally shat myself and started yelling in the theater, Darth Maul, with Ray Park's body and Sam Witwer's voice, was the most glorious thing I've seen in a very long, since Vader with Rogue One. Honestly, it's like this invader with Rogue One. Oh my God, we're here! I didn't even realize we got here. Wow, see, it's just like the fucking movie. All of a sudden, we're here. Exactly. So wait, that's the same guy from Rebels, right? The same voice. That yeah, who plays Crashdown in season one and two of uh, Battlestar? Oh man, he also does so the Emperor's talk- voice. Yeah. So his voice. Um- they should just put. He thing is, he's cut. They, they 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 wanted Ray Park for this. I almost guarantee you he will be playing Darth Maul in the future. He's, I mean, he was cut in Battlestar. He's still cut. Uh, 
Yeah. So he, uh, his voice uh, and young his personality. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. No, they did it. They did it. They fucking did it. They they crossed it over mm-hmm. perfectly. And if you go back to some of Jesse and my, our other podcasts that I was on on the Bizzle, uh-huh. uh, you'll you'll hear me scream. Well, you know what's funny? Um, actually, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. One of my one of the first questions you asked yes, me sir. on the first podcast was. Who do you think was underrated that you wanted to see That's more? True. It was something along those lines. And I'm like, Dar- Darth fucking Maul. Yep. Yep. And I was talking about everything that he is right. in, in Rebels. The podcast was already about in. Ahsoka, so you weren't going to say Ahsoka. Maul is the definitive, yeah, next choice. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and he's so cool as a, as a villain. Here's the he's thing. Great. All right. oh, Here's great. the thing. Here's the thing, Simmy. Do you mind if we move, uh, if we do the final part here, like putting solo, we could do a whole nother podcast on solo and maybe after we both see it again, we will, but I want to end on some general star Wars talk. Let's do it. Okay. A, all the excitement over the three new TV projects we had before the movie. I'm now like 10 times more excited. So John Favreau, three years after return of the Jedi, I cannot wait for what that is. And I know you can't either. And we will pay any amount of streaming services that Disney wants. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for all of it. Right. And now, okay. actually, with the way you buy cable, like you can kind of work your way around buying. Oh no, we're all going to pay Disney twenty bucks a month. The whole country yeah, will pay it. Disney twenty bucks a month for it. It's it's not even a question. Marvel. Well, Disney, there's other, there's Pixar, other ways you Lucas can do Home. that. Yeah. Fubu. Uh, well, for uh, now, Link, but not in Link two TV. years. Trust me. No. Well, we'll see what happens. They just make you charge. They'll just charge you more for those, and and that's fine. It'll just become more of a premier channel, yeah. and that's fine too. Yes, but but. I love that Disney stuck with their guns with this movie and the fact that I have nerd friends who have thousands of listeners on their podcast, way more than me, who stick the reputation on this, who grew up exactly when you and I grew up, loved Alden and loved this movie. They're not delusional. Like, I know these people. I know delusional people who delude good things and delude not delu- These are realists, right? I mean, you know. And, like, and I think... I hope that the shareholders don't take the wrong approach on this and be like, well, that was a failure, so no more Star Wars stories. That is my fear, because we did get Rogue One for this reason. We did get this movie for this reason, which, by the way, I give an A-. minus. Uh, um, only It's a B-plus movie, but I give it A- minus because it's Star Wars. And Alden Ehrenreich earned it for me. Um, but, um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, where do you think it's going with the slow box office? Oh, yeah, let's talk about this. Yes. So let's say that. Is it really a slow box office? I mean, okay. it's $100 so here's million. The thing. Dollars. Here's so here's so the proportionally thing. speaking okay. for what's expected right. from a Star Wars movie, I'm going to give it to yes, you. I'm going to give it to you. A, a decent opening for any blockbuster movie, 50, 60 million. 100 million, very good. 150, great. Over 200 million, amazing. Last Jedi Force Awakens, well over 200, did great. Rogue One opened at like 160, which was really, really good. But it was in Christmas against nothing. There were no other movies it was fighting against in Christmas. And so it had great opening weekend and made, you know, over a billion worldwide. This is opening against still the Avengers, still Deadpool, and more money. I don't understand. (coughs) Simi, why don't you move this to December? Then we only have a year between movies. There's more space. I don't understand why they insisted on this date. I think I think they love their May openings. They just fucking love it. Not since two thousand five. Not since two thousand five. 
I think they wanted to bring it back. I don't know. I I, I mean, yeah. I think they wanted to just keep it going. Um, I I read the the headline Star Wars fatigue. Here's what I think. I think people. It's a long summer. I think that that movie's going to be in the theater for a long you. time. Preach. I think it's going to put up some Preach. great numbers Preach. inevitably. Yep. And I also think, and like, call me crazy. So crazy. I've been reading articles. This is not a, necessarily a movie weekend. <coughs> the weather is not what it used to be. So it used to be it when, before global warming. Like it was beautiful for a while, and then this weekend came. Yeah, this is one of the first Memorial most beautiful Day, weekends dude, that happened. X Men Apocalypse too. Memorial Day weekend movies are terrible. You either go end of April, early May, you wait for June or this July, is, or you go in the fall. This is a seasonal yeah. faux pas and a misnomer yeah. to people that think it's something else, and it's yeah. really just in the five years because of the way the weather works. Mm-hmm. Like this is really like. The first weekend you get to barbecue and like it wasn't like that before. It used to be before we started burning holes in the ozone layer, yep. uh, like and, and melting the ice caps. That 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 you'd have late April into it's propaganda. You'd have a Sydney month. You'd have a liberal month. propaganda. Feel free to ignore out all his. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there, you'd think that you'd think that you'd have four weeks of barbecuing. This was one of the first nice weekends. A B. Uh, mm. In terms of what it means to do these weekends yes. now, it's way more commercialized. It's way mm-hmm. more familyized, and it's way more like, like for example, there's an island in Michigan that people go to. It's a national park. The police had to shut it down because there were too many fucking people there. Why? Because it was one of the first nice weekends in fucking Michigan where I'm from. So, like, they, I don't they think that's allow. I don't. No, I'm saying more people are vacationing and they're not going to fucking movies on Memorial Day. They used to like mm-hmm. it, it. It wasn't like the first nicest day of the year. Now everybody's more like taking advantage that it's the first nicest day of the year. I think it's a seasonal thing, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I still think this movie is going to be su- super successful. I think mm-hmm. once Infinity Wars leaves the theaters, it'll still be there, yep. and it'll 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 still have like some solid weeks. As I like agree. it's by far the best. And tell me. What other like besides Deadpool two, which I am looking forward to, like what else is really happening this summer? Tell me yeah, something. D- nothing. Good. Like, nothing me. is happening, and that's why this movie will stay for a long time. I agree with you. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's gonna make its money, and yep. you know, it, it so, won't have to fight with Infinity Wars. So and that'll be that. What are we arguing about? You know. Oh man, I just do you wear glasses. Yeah. You know, you just that one time you accidentally wipe your eyes with your glasses on. You're just like, God damn it. <laughs> are you you down to do a little like recent star wars history and then we'll close out because i I think we can only analyze this in light of the three recent movies okay so simi i don't want to get too box office heavy but i think it's important to look at to be honest with you because force awakens made almost a billion domestically and then a year later rogue one makes 532 and uh, with pretty good reviews and audience reception Last Jedi actually didn't do much better than Rogue One at 620. Obviously, Solo's much lower. Um, so, what do you do? You think maybe the Star Wars? Let's put it this way: Do you think sort of the, the 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 level of Star Wars fandom in the country is actually overinflated because of how well The Force Awakens did? Yeah, and let's not forget it was the first one after a while. Right, like, people were excited for that to happen. You know, so. There's a nostalgia that everyone's like, uh, you know, this is what you do. I remember um, when I was in 
I must have been in seventh grade. I can't remember exactly what year. But uh, Batman Forever came out. Oh, God. And uh, I had a friend who had a sister who was in college. She took us to the midnight showing on a Thursday night. And, you know, I was, you know, 13 or something like that. So that was like a big deal, you know, going on a school night to go watch the opening of a movie. But the point that why my parents – and my parents would never have let me do something like that. But the the, – my point is people – that was a huge deal that there was another Batman movie coming out. It ended up sucking, but like that had nothing to do with the fact that it was a brand new Batman movie. So that's just going to happen. And, and, and I don't think that's necessarily going to go down as like why it was the best movie, like how much movie, how much money they actually made. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, the only reason I'm bringing these numbers up is they're just bizarre because Way more people love Rogue One at this point than love Last Jedi, I think. Um, but because it's the lightsaber Skywalker duo, right? That's that's the determining factor. So I guess okay. Let me wrap this into a question about Solo. Did Solo suffer? No, no Jedi, no lightsabers, etc. Let me ask you something. What were those little hand knives? Oh yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. Now they have technology that can block lightsabers, which I hate. The fact that that Finn was fighting a stormtrooper in Force Awakens with just like an electrical thing that could block a lightsaber—I'm like, you have to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, I don't know what those were. Uh, were those like force powered at all? Nah, I I don't know. I mean, I guess the connection with Maul is the, you know, is the big question there. But honestly, dude, I mean, you look at this movie, you look at Rogue One, and the the, the homages there, people point to the homages these movies are making to future movies, but they're actually also making the more and bigger homages to previous movies and the cartoons. I mean, it's clearly Rogue One and Solo are acknowledging the cartoons in the previous movies and the new saga movies are not. And people are noticing this. They read my mind about what I wanted from Maul and I'm so happy they're doing it. I mean, it was just such a disappointment. Dude, imagine if we get the crouching tiger live action version of Maul versus Obi-Wan's final battle. (laughs) You know what? That always reminds me of uh, the build-up scene in uh, Kill Bill with uh, another. Mm -hmm. I did. I referenced this our last podcast with Oshi Ren and. uh, Yeah, it's such a great uh, scene. Yeah, but it's very quick. You yep. know what I mean? It's like it's yep. like what, no, oh spoiler alert if you haven't fucking seen that scene with fucking Darth Maul and, and Obi Wan Kenobi when what he actually think? kills him for good. I mean, let me put this. Let me ask you the question this way: Is there any way they would have just straight up teased Maul and specifically not have plans for him? It seems impossible with Kathleen. Say what you will about their creative decision making; they're consistent on the characters they put forward. And they're linking everything together because I think they're hoping that like people from the movies are going to be like, what the fuck was that? Like, where did that come from? And then they'll like, go Google it. And then they'll go watch Rebels. Like, why wouldn't you? If you saw Maul, especially the way he came off as that Maul, where the other Maul had like zero personality other than he was just scary. I, I call this fuck. Maul Gollum Maul because he t- he's like Gollum. It's different talking to himself and stuff. In my mind, he's, uh, he's like, uh, like Hamlet Maul. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I know he's like Hamlet, but they specifically sold it to Whitware as like there was a Gollum side to him now that he'd been resurrected. Like he wasn't totally yeah. in his body, you know what I mean? 
I mean, if you want to call him schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was, sure. he was, um, not schizing. What's the word? You know, schizophrenic is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was like, uh, yeah. Um, or it could be, mul- it could, and it could be multiple, actually, schizophrenia. Yeah. I think, look, to wrap, let's wrap it up. So to wrap up on Solo, <clears throat> I think there was a little. I don't. You can't accuse Rogue One of too much name dropping when you, this new movie had a decent amount of name dropping. You know that w- didn't need to happen. I don't really care personally, but it, you know, some of the scenes that you suggested be longer, you know, would have benefited as opposed to like, oh, this is how Solo got his last name. Like, I don't really care how he got his last name. The fact that those are the main criticisms I come up with just shows how good this movie is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it doesn't hit within a giant emotional punch compared to the other three. I guess would be the main criticism. Yet I was really sad about Val and L three, and I wanted more of them, but not 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 like not like I am about Rogue Ones. I'm not like I'm not Rogue One sad about that many things. I mean, <laughs> but no, just the general dude. I I agree with you. I'm I'm just talking about other people. I I agree with you. Those those stuff was super emotional. But I'm saying the the main core, the Kessel Run with with Lando and 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 you know and Han and Kira. You knew they were going to get out of it, and then something would happen. It's almost like it, it with this movie. It's like yeah, there's the Ray and Kylo fight all the you know red guards, and then the scene afterwards, which is actually more interesting. That's why the end worked, even with the stupid villain reveal of uh, of Woody Harrelson. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Ron Howard, really? <laughs> yeah, that ending scene when he shoots. Send him, is send him in awesome. here. Click. It's like the garage door opens. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, man, that's sad. But I don't know. But the end when he shoots him halfway through, like his sentence was awesome. Like yeah. that's like awesome. He's like, and it's not that Han shoots first and asks questions later. Han just knows. He just fucking knows. That's the difference. That's the fucking difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he know, he learns that yeah, only become predictable and they think you're going to be unpredictable and vice versa essentially. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I was kind of shocked that he shot him, but then I was like, I think all Star Wars fans just love that moment. I mean, there's no, no that's what, two ways. That's what he does it. with Vader, yeah, too. Like he just walks in, yeah. he's like, "Motherfucking Darth Vader, fuck this shit!" Yeah, like and just whips out his pistol and starts firing. Yeah, you know? like because that's what you see when when you see a bad guy that you know is trying to kill you. Oh yeah, that's the thing. If you know if someone's trying to kill you, you start shooting at him if you have a gun. That's why I love at the beginning of Force Awakens when Poe shoots at Kylo Ren. It's so irrational, and he stops the shot in midair, but just at the guts of it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Is Han really six inches taller than Luke? Maybe. Harrison Ford's a tall dude. That's true. They just had the standoff where he tells him about the money. I mean, I, I think... <sighs> People were like, did this movie need to be made? I don't know if I can answer that objectively, but I'm I'm super glad to have had this movie. And personally, what movie needs to be what movie needs movie. to be made? I mean, well, no, like- but, but personally, <laughs> the fact that this is a quote unquote small movie that's not super high stakes is exactly what I wanted and to be made. Uh, you know, it does it doesn't have to be end of the universe every single time with Star Wars on the big screen, but. 
that's just my wishes, man. People want more and more TV at home theater stuff. It's it's going to be tough. I mean, that's why you know all the Marvel movies follow a formula because like they have to make that money back. Look, at the end of the day, you got to bring balance to the force, yeah. and I think that's what the, that's what they're doing with this universe is they're creating all these different uh, mediums to to consume this great product, and uh, it's going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, all right, dude. Well, final thoughts about the movie. Um, I loved my second viewing. I'm definitely going to do a third viewing, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like all great Ron Howard mo- movies. You can't put your finger on it, you know? Like, it's... He just, like, has his own touch on on things. Um, But I do think this sets up a giant cinematic universe now that if they're not able to explore for political or uh, financial reasons would be very disappointing, I would say. Yeah, I I think there's a real reason why it was made. Did it have to get made? Not necessarily. But, you know, I think for those of us who love all these characters, it's a really good uh, version of what it's a really good answering of questions, building on the, the legends and, and creating more characters, uh, so like solidifying certain characters and their lore uh, and, and how cool it really was. Um, and I, I think it's a great addition. Did it need to be made? No, you, could, you don't need to do any of this shit. But is it awesome it was made? Yes. And I think most people will feel that way once they see it. And I think, the, I think that's going to trickle in over the summer. Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, the troll level for this film is almost non-existent. And it's not just due to Twitter's great filters, which have gotten way better. But, I, I mean, you know, I mean, The Last Jedi language was so different from this. Even The Last Jedi made 2.3 times. And we'll finish with the something you brought up earlier, man, was this is going to just be in this screen, uh, on screen all summer, which I think is very true. Usually movies have like a 2.3 to 2.5x uh, total from their opening weekend. That would put this at only $250 million domestic, which would be less than half of Rogue One. That would be very bad. But I think they can get more like 3.5 to 4, like Wonder Woman did, get to $400 million domestically. Um, I hope, dude. I mean, that's the thing. Like our our hope in Lucasfilm is dependent that they can absorb a loss like this. But but as I told you, I think they were prepared to absorb a loss like this, but maybe not to the same level, I guess. Well, there's all the merchandise, there's all the spin-offs, there's a lot that's going to happen. So, you know, let's play it out and see what happens. I yeah. think people are going to love this movie if they get out to it, and I I think inevitably they're not going to have a choice. I mean, there's not a lot of other shit out there, especially if uh if you need a PG-13 and you've already seen Infinity Wars, like you're not going to be able to see Deadpool. So, you know, what are you going to do? You signed Felicity Jones to do a solo movie. That's what the fuck you do. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dude, it's a no-brainer, man. That is a no-brainer. After coming up yeah. with some serious roles, she would totally go for it. And she's great. She looks great. She loves the fans. She's so You don't need it. to give her $200 million. Give her like 60, you know, like Deadpool money, like 80 million, you know? It'll be great. Yeah. It'll be absolutely great. Okay, so. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the future. Yes. Speaking of the future, final Strong. question. Yeah. Strong the future is. <laughs> That's what's going on up front. Um, 
Final question. Ah- Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, you can talk about either or both coming out of this with the Mall Revelation, TV shows, etc. going forward. There is no Mall without Ahsoka. So everything is leaning towards Ahsoka. At what medium is she going to be brought in? I don't know, but I'm like super excited for it She to beats him face to face in Mandalore during Order 66, during the Siege of Mandalore. She and they fight. Beats, they fight and she beats him. Mano a mano. Yeah. Ahsoka beats Maul, drives him from Mandalore, and then she has to run into the wilderness. They were going they better make that fucking movie or TV movie, man. That is what you do. You fucking do the Siege of Mandalore with Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Maul. Oh And with all the with all the garbage on Netflix these days, like <laughs> I'm sure Disney can just do it. That's you know? A, like yeah. what are we talking about? Like Yeah. Well, that's why I think like, I, I think the Favreau thing, honestly, is as much an experiment of like with a good budget, how much can we pull off in a TV format? I think so. If the John Favreau show ends up coming off looking super cinematic, which I am sure that it will be because of John Favreau. Um, yeah, we might see more TV content with that, and that might not be such a bad thing. God, I hope so. I'm really excited for all of it. It's going to be awesome. But for now, for now, I'm this. excited. I'm excited yeah. to go see Solo again within the next week. Yes, and uh, hopefully go back to the Alba Draft House and uh, yes. go go from there. All right. So here comes here's here's the official fi- final thought. Final final thought. All my final thought is I'm sorry, listeners. We didn't talk specifically about the Kessel Run because it was spectacular. Joss Whedon and Serenity, J.J. Abrams in the Star Trek reboot. Occasionally, you'll see space, uh, crazy space travel manifested on screen like that. But goddamn, the Millennium Falcon during that whole final part was orgasmic, honestly. I, I, I don't know why I thought I heard the, the effects were amazing in this movie. Like, the Falcon looked... Comp- convincing from beginning to end to me, uh, for me. And, you know, it's one of the characters. You know, uh, you run down. So it was pretty awesome. I love <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. I love the whole thing. I love him showing so, Chewie the cards. Yeah. <laughs> Save the rebellion. Yeah. Save the dream. You know, I'm really excited gr- about all this. It's going to be awesome. All right, people. So just to, to leave you out here, we are doing the promised Guerrerathon, Sawathon, whatever you want to call it. Put it together, Clone Wars, Rebels, books, movies, Sagara, me and Simi this summer. Maybe we'll do another talk, talk about Solo, man, uh, after we view it again. But um, I, I cannot be unhappy. Oh, this is what I want to leave you with, Simi. I, this is a depressing thought, but I'm sorry. I, I have to mm-hmm. say Pirates of the Caribbean, Fast and the Furious, James Bond. I could come up with two or three more. More guaranteed money than Star Wars with less effort. Jurassic World by far. You put dinosaurs oh, out you- there, no problem. One point five billion for dinosaurs? Yeah, sure. This Jedi shit, eh, not so much. Want me to tell you a real shitty one mm. that really made me sad? But yeah, give it to me. About Rampage. Yeah. Eighty. Same. They. They're. they're it's, it's a wash because so the Rock. You put the Rock in fucking anything. Any special effects and- movie. Yep. Right, and uh, you know it's guaranteed. But look, like I said, if this movie's going to be in there for a long time, I think a lot of people are going to go see it this summer. So um, I'm not good with what those numbers are going to look like, but 
Uh, I think it's going to get traction, and I think people are going to really the want thing to see is, it. The thing is, though, I'm a fanboy, here's the but- thing. It, whether you love the movie or not, you know, you wanted to see it or not, unlike the Justice League, if this is officially Lucasfilm's worst foot f- forward, they're in great shape. <laughs> like, Absolutely. If this is the worst <laughs> movie they make in 10 years, then we're talking more than Harry Potter level consistency. I agree. I totally, oh, I totally agree. And we've got our five. boys. Oh, my God. Yeah, we've got our boys uh, Weiss and, and Benioff. Uh, the Game of Thrones. We got Favreau. We got Ryan Johnson with the new trilogy. I think, yeah, I think they're just going to eat this loss because they, they've invested I, so much in the future. I think hopefully it'll be a wash and not a loss. And in the end, everyone's going to look back on it fondly. So we'll see how it rolls out. Yeah. But Oh, yeah, you know, I just I, mean the I, money. I think the it. fans are eternally, I, I mean, again, I can speak to all, all fans, but it seems like most of the fans that are seeing this are loving it and, and you know, letting them know. So great. That's well, the thing. I hope that, that's what it ends up as. That's the thing. Awesome. Man. So, so awesome. So buddy. we'll figure out our next step real yeah, soon, dude. man. Well, well, we got a, yeah. we got another, uh, yeah. uh, we have, uh, episode two, I think. Yeah. Or we'll have to see if out you the can order. pick up in any of the Easter eggs on your second viewing. I'm horrible at that stuff. I, I, tr- I am <laughs> it's too. all over the place. Yeah. I am but, too. I heard there yeah. are, but, I heard there are a lot, but again, if you wanted to criticize, you could say, oh, they had to end on the rebellion. And, you know, for me, like, that's what I want. I didn't co- see it coming. I didn't want it ahead of time. But when it did end on the, pro- the proto-rebellion in the end, I was thrilled because I actually didn't see it coming. But, you know. Yeah, in the end, it was, it was there the whole time. I mean, the Force is strong when all of them. And, and <laughs> that, that was really the direction. It's always, there's not, it, this isn't a coincidence. None of this shit's a coincidence. Like, meeting Lando at that point, becoming friends with him as they are, isn't a coincidence. Like, they need Lando later. Oh, I love the homage where uh, Woody comes out uh, dressed like Lando yes! at, at the end. Yes! Jedi. That was a great one. That's a great Easter egg. Oh, that's a good one. Like, awesome. I, I, like, Lando just has that costume in his, like, costume. It's awesome, you know, like he just has that, you know. Oh, God. So, no, uh, and let's okay, that's a, that's a good note to add. And Amelia Clark and all the costumes that's important as well. So, oh, the capes, the yeah. capes. Oh, I was looking at the cape that he ends up wearing there, and I'm like, what is that? The Hawaii cape? You go to, <laughs> you go to Hawaii, you need like a, a luau cape. That's hilarious. And then he ends up wearing that one that like kind of stuck out like at the end, which I thought was. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll have to continue this at a later but soon date. Simi, thank you so much for being back. Hey, man, this was awesome. Uh, I'm really looking forward to doing more. So let's uh, let's chat soon, buddy. Much appreciated. Um, I'll see you in one of my cities soon, uh, I think. <laughs> but yes, um, yes, uh, yeah. we'll talk details in the next week. Yeah, Again, right. next. Uh, uh, a week from uh, a week from uh, uh, Friday, I'll be in Philly. So we'll we'll definitely figure out time. Word up, man! Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Bizzlecast listeners. Always appreciate your support. Uh, and for the moment, the Bizzle is out. All right, thanks, man. Oops. <laughs>